0: may contain naughty language and explicit content, you have been warned.
1: Welcome to Hammer, an Age of Sigmar podcast, bringing you product reviews, news from the UK tournament scene, as well as some pro hobby tips. So stay tuned and get ready for some hammer to your face. Welcome to Face I'm at episode 59, it's me, Russ the Face and I'm joined by Byron Watermelon Ord. Yay. And in this show, we are all going to talk about the Night Haunt battle tome. We're not going to talk about why watermelons are amazing, and you steep one a day,
0: and it's really hot, and they're my favourite thing ever.
1: We've just done that, so uh, well done, uh, but we're not going to do any more content about watermelons. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Stay tuned for that outro for more information on how much I like watermelons. <laughs> yeah, I might put that in. I don't know. Um, so this show, we're going to go through the Nighthaunt battle tome. Obviously, a lot of stuff coming out for Age of Sigmar 2, so we're just trying to make sure we cover everything. Um, now, I'm probably going to be playing Nighthaunt, so in the, in the months down the line, some of these opinions will get revised uh, and changed, obviously. So this is our the initial reaction to the battle tome. I've actually played a game with the new Nighthaunt as well. So uh, I was I don't know if it's privileged or, or or well I was I was asked to do the twenty four hour live stream um, and basically stayed up for well over twenty eight hours straight um, and played a game at six in the morning I think um, with the new Nighthaunt after being up for twenty four hours, which was uh, fun times. You love the Warhands. Yeah. Yeah, it's more. <laughs> it, yeah, I think I do. We'll, we'll go with that. Um, One night of sleep and you will. Yeah, I think I was at 3 over 30 hours, actually, if I think about the maths. But anyway, it's, it's fine. It's done now. Um, <laughs> so we're going to go through the Nighthawk Battle Tome in our usual style. So we'll go through all the abilities, artifacts, traits, war scrolls, battalions, and talk a little bit about list design. So obviously this is a brand new faction. Um... So it's super exciting for me. Uh, obviously I obviously have a Nighthaunt army I, I put out on the table after the last General's Handbook was released, and they got their allegiance abilities. So, um, yeah, I think maybe just go straight into it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm uh, not as Nighthaunt knowledgeable, but I am a death player, and it's one of my favourite armies to play with when people know me, depending when they've started listening to the podcast <laughs> playing order again and again and again and again and i do love that army but actually the army that informed entirely how that one plays and me realizing my favorite playstyle was my death army so i'm pretty excited about this too
1: awesome so um, we're going straight into the allegiance abilities um so in the um battle traits um we have quite a few rules here actually so the first one is aura of dread and that's subtract one from bravery of enemy units while they're within six of any friendly Nighthaunt units. So just a flat minus one bravery if you're within six of a night unit. So fairly useful, especially as you've got banshees in the list and other things that interact with bravery. So uh Yeah.
0: There's more ways than there've ever been to affect bravery in the game now as well. Like I think it used to be kind of a uh it felt like there was potentially not just for death, but it felt like there was potentially a list there for a few armies, but it, it wasn't quite fully supported. Now there is a lot of ways to affect it.
1: Yeah, and I think bravery was just didn't really feel like a mechanic that came up very often, it was one that people forgot about rather it's than a only. Funda- yeah. yeah, rather than a fundamental mechanic in the game. So quite important. Um, deathless spirits roll a dice each time you allocate a wound or mortal wound to a friendly night haunt model from a unit within 12 of your general or a friendly knight on hero on a six that wound or mortal wound is negated all right so it's quite a long range it's a bit different to a death save because it's on the model so if you take the saves if you've got a unit that's half in half out you can still take the save but you have to take the models off that are within the death save area oh of course if that makes sense so it does quite quite cool um I quite like that change, it's quite a nice range as well, so um, pretty sweet. They have the rule, from the Underworlds they come. So instead of setting up Night Nighthaunt unit on the battlefield, you can place it to one side and say it's set up in the Underworlds as a reserve. You can set up one unit in the Underworlds for each unit you set up on the battlefield. At the end of your movement phase, you can set any of these units up more than nine from enemy models. This counts as their move for the turn. Any units that are not set up before the start of the fourth battle round are slain. So there's no role. There's no have to have a character on the table. It's just put them in, put them in the underworld. Bring them on when you want. Super flexible, very strong. Um, you can build Alpha Strike units around that. Um, so you can basically play for a. I don't want these guys on the table, and it's really useful for using characters and popping a character up where you need your death save. So if you know you're going to be fighting somewhere and your characters are all over the place, having like a sixty point Karen Rafe in the in the Underworlds and just go popping them up near where you need to save, is quite important. It's
0: pretty cool. I mean, there's there's also the the other side of it is a uh, even though it's a very aggressive move, it's a much more defensive application. Is just like here's some pretty resilient dudes. They're going to stand in a line in front of your army.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. You can you could literally put a unit of forty chain rasps and a Karen Rafe. Um and then just on the first turn almost like wrap their army in chain rasps and just go, well, gone then. Get through that. Um, and shut down their first turn, being able to get near any objectives.
0: I think so, the the new units have made that a I mean that, that rule's not massively uh different from other stuff we've seen in the game before. But the fact that Nighthaunt now has access to such a wide variety of units, that's a pretty big deal. Like forty dudes. <laughs> 40 dudes didn't, didn't exist before. So it allows you to, um, particularly like the the unit you mentioned in particular, they can actually get a decent amount of attacks and damage. So popping them up in front of your opponent's medium-quality infantry or whatever, not only is that a real tar pit, but it's a target that's going to kick out a fair bit of offensive power.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and if you're playing against somebody else who's also got this mechanic and you're going first, you can use the... Um placement of units to almost checkerboard to stop them coming up.
0: Leave some tails sticking out anywhere. 40 guys can get you a a pretty decent amount of board space, can't they? Tell me more about that
1: one. Yeah, or just take in the um, 60-point unit of Stalkers like four times, and then you've spent like, you know, 240 points, but you've got four units that can score and can, like, checkerboard out, and as long as there's not 18 inches between the two, then they can't put any models between them, so...
0: Yeah, you know, there's a lot of power in um, it. Just forcing something like being able to get anywhere practically, or being able to get a large area of the table, and just be like, well, you didn't want to commit early to this, but there's three guys there, and I'm scoring, and you're not. That's it's quite a big deal, and for such a cheap point value, it's um, yeah, yeah. I think it's... they're um, just straight away. <laughs> they're they're pretty good at scenario play, aren't they? It's very flexible.
1: Yeah I mean I think that's that's it's always a very powerful rule if you can um pop up where you need units. Um the next rule they've got is feed on terror. So each time an enemy unit fails a battle shock test, pick a knight on hero within six and heal one wound allocated to that hero. So as people run away the heroes kind of get emboldened by it. It's pretty good. People are going to forget that one, aren't they? Yeah, it's a cool it's a cool thematic rule but not sure how practical it is it'll be one of those things that you that happen you completely forget about and you go oh I should have healed a wound and then yeah. you'll you'll do it retrospectively I think but I think that's
0: definitely the type of I like rules like that because they're thematic they fit in with the army they don't make a massive difference most of the time but you just you know that sometime there's gonna be that one occasion where one guy heals a wound then he has access to healing a wound through other ways and it's pivotal because someone remember to do something
1: yeah and then um the next we've got is a uh, wave of terror. So this is kind of my favorite rule out of all the allegiance of Belize. So it says, if you make a modified charge of 10 or more for a Nighthaunt unit, it can immediately, after complete the charge move, it can immediately fight. So you it doesn't stop them being picked for fighting in the combat phase. So if you roll a 10 on your charge, you move your models in, then you fight, then you get into the the combat phase, you pile in and you fight again. So, very strong, and um, potentially great at getting around things that happen in the combat phase. So, for example, the Tree Lord Stomp is at the start of the combat phase. Um, You know, Ideneth, they go first in the combat round, but if you charge and you roll a 10, that's not the combat phase, so you don't get stomped and you don't... You don't have like you the enemy fighting you first because it's not you know it's not the combat phase. So
0: mega, it's a yeah, it's a huge deal. And the, like chances of rolling a ten plus are not. I mean, it's unmodified, which I'm, I'm glad about because of obviously because of things that come into the game um, with AOS 2. But the chances are not that low of that. It's a it's an eight in thirty six chance roughly. So it's going to come up. And the more you, the more you push for it, the more chances you give yourself to get it.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think um, it'll be one of those things that could be potentially devastating um, if you get it off. Um, so it's that, it's that almost the threat of it. And if obviously if you've summoned from the spectral realm nine away and you've gone for that strike, you've got to roll a nine anyway. So if you've rolled like a ten or or eleven or twelve, then I think that be um, that would be awesome and then um, they've got a command ability so it's called Spectral Summons so you can use the command ability to start of your movement phase if you do, pick a friendly night Nighthaunt unit that's on the battlefield remove it from the battlefield and set up wholly within 12 of your general and more than 9 from enemy models so you can almost like, recall units back to your general so what's really good there's about this there's no restrictions this? on that, aren't there? no, just a command point and you've got to be nine away from the enemy, but it's it doesn't say that um, they that's their move for that movement phase as well, so they can't move again. But yeah. the point is, it's like if you've if you've sent a unit off to kill something, you need them in another part of the battlefield. You can basically go right command point. I'll pull them up over here.
0: Oh, that's really good. Like now you've worded it like that. If you've got your uh, your damage unit, which could even be a big individual monster, as long as he's not your general. Yeah. Um you could do that or the like the flip side of it is you can send your general off as a lone hunter and people are like, Okay, that's one thing I can deal with. Someone could be backing that guy up with uh, your unit of forty dudes or whatever you want to pick, or just a really resilient um you could bubble wrap him if you want to. You could be like, Okay, he's gone over there, he's killed that thing. My opponent's now heading in his direction, his six spirit hosts around him in a horseshoe or whatever. Yeah, yeah exactly. So um
1: and also um you can pick a unit that's in combat. So, you could use a unit, have a unit that someone sends something off to kill, and then you just teleport it to the other side of the battlefield, and they're they unit stranded out there. So, if you've got like a unit of like foot slogging paladins or something, and they've dropped from the sky and they've charged something, and that, you know, you just go, Oh, you want to fight that? No, no, put it over here. And There's a like, lot of oh. potential
0: for, um, like, if
1: you're.
0: I think that inherently adds to a lot like a lot of powerful deployment tactics like dummying that you are going to be over one side of the table more than the other it allows you to commit to them to a much greater degree so you could properly dummy with like one unit right of center one unit far right of center and your opponent's gonna have to deal with that if they don't you don't use the ability and they get to sweep around or dominate objectives on one third of the table or whatever and if your opponent does send too much force that way then you can be like cool bottom over and um, your opponent's going to be stranded
1: yeah I think it's it's really strong um, I, unfortunately you can't um, use the um, from the underworld's they come ability on your general then pop a unit up next to him uh, because it's, <laughs> it's the start and the end respectively so I think, I think that's probably intentional to that. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, then there's a little box out about returning slain models so it's the slain models you return to a unit can only be set within three of an enemy if one or more models for the unit they are returning to are within three of that enemy. So basically it's to stop you tagging units that aren't in combat and engaging them. When yeah, you're power shenanigans. Yeah, text. basically. Yeah. Good. Um so that's the kind of the main allegiance abilities from there. So I think it's super useful. Lots of movement, some extra damage coming in there. Um, some stuff around bravery, which is a bit situational, but I think pretty strong for allegiance abilities. I think that's at like as a tactician's army they sound incredible yeah I'm really excited to um, start really using this army a lot and, and find out how they play and I think it's been nice when we get to the end I'll talk a little bit how these guys slot into legions and I think the the traits are good enough that you'd probably want to take pure night as well rather yeah, than go into say, a legions army yeah looking at um,
0: yeah looking at looking at their potential power that's a uh, it's pretty mega.
1: Cool. So let's go straight into the command traits then. So um, obviously these are for general. So you've got hatred of the living, re-roll failed hit rolls for attacks with the general's melee weapons, unless the target has the death keyword. So that's Tasty. one from the previous set, I think it's the same. Um, Note, um
0: it says weapons. A lot of other people's abilities yep. say pick a weapon. That's just yep.
1: everything. Yeah, I mean, a lot of your... Characters aren't particularly choppy, so um, it's not it's not one that I think I'd ever take um, because there are some in here that are just so good they're almost an auto include. Um, you've got terrifying entity. Start of your of the enemy movement phase. Roll a dice for each enemy unit within three of um, this model. If the rolls equal to or greater than the enemy's bravery, they must retreat. So. You can force people to run away, basically. Ugh. God, that's... That's horribly...
0: I could absolutely ruin someone's plans.
1: I mean, like, if you're fighting, like... I mean, obviously, they're minus one bravery because there's Nighthaunt within six. So, if you've got a unit of Paladins of Bravery seven, so you roll a six, they've got to retreat. So, could be, could be useful. It's a bit situational.
0: Equal to... Like, the fact it says equal to there, hmm. not, not greater than, that is particularly with a minus one, that's really good against probably 50% of the units in the game, actually.
1: Yeah. I think it's potentially, uh, it's potentially good. Um, It could be almost game winning in some circumstances. You know, if you charge your general in, they're, they're on objective, you charge your general in onto that objective to fight them. Then they, they have to retreat and suddenly they give the objective up. That's pretty big. Yeah, definitely. Um, so then you've got lingering spirit. Add one to the move characteristic. So again, don't forget uh, wounds that. characteristic. Yep, yeah, sorry, wounds characteristic. Um, so fairly okay if you want to be a bit more survivable. Obviously, yeah. your generals quite an important model in your army. Um, yeah. So maybe you want to keep them alive. Um, so an extra wound could make all the difference, but again, I don't think you'll see it very often. Um, spiteful spirit roll a dice each time you allocate a wound to this general that was inflicted by a melee weapon on a 5+, plus. the attacking unit suffers one mortal wound after all its attacks have been made so it's a bounce back on a 5 so I don't really think that's very useful um, most of your characters in Nighthawk unit do not have a lot of wounds so less opportunity to get any use of that yeah, it. exactly. Um, this next one's pretty good um, so Cloaked in Shadow, subtract one from hit, rolls for attacks made with missile weapons that target this general. So it's a, solid with lookout, sir, that's minus two to hit. Yeah. So it basically gets around Skyfire Mortal Wounds or other things that would do damage to you. So I could see this coming coming on into play on a on a character because being an extra like, you know, minus two to hit from shooting is pretty good. Um particularly if it's a pivotal character you don't want dying.
0: Yeah. I mean, we've already seen really good reasons to keep your general alive on the last page that we looked at. That works pretty well.
1: Yeah. And then the next one is probably my go-to ability, uh, and that's Ruler of the Spirit Hosts. At the start of your hero phase, pick a friendly summonable Nighthaunt unit within nine, and return D3 slain models to the unit. The return oh. models must be set up within nine of the general. Oh, that's good. You get repositioning, you get healing, and it's models, which... So if you've got Spirit Host, for example, that's D3 bases back into a unit. That's really good. Like that's my go-to. That's what I took on my Knight of Shrouds on horse. Um I think that's gonna be almost a staple pick um in most armies. Yeah.
0: I guess if you're um if you're running a particular list where the models are individually less good um well let's say you've got a lot like yeah you're 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 spammy and you've got a lot of one-wing dudes it's less sexy um uh, but i don't think you're gonna see many armies without spirit hosts in so
1: yeah i think they they'll be in every army to some degree i mean people have already got them as well mm-hmm. um but yeah i think they're they're solid spirit hosts. i love them so um especially building them i've done it now i've done my yep. penance i don't need to build them ever again <laughs> um so um, <laughs> then we've got the spell law. So um, you can choose these spell for Nighthaunt wizards. Um, some of these are particularly great. So I'll just go through the six spells. Um, but I think from the trait Rule of the Spirit Host and Cloaks in Shadow, are the two that step up, that leap off the page to me. Um, for the spells, you've got Soul Cage. Cast on six. If successfully cast, pick an enemy unit within twelve of the caster that's visible. Until the start of your next hero phase, the unit cannot retreat. In addition, until the start of your next hero phase, the unit cannot fight in the combat phase unless all other enemy units uh, that are eligible to fight have done so. Powerful so, but
0: short range.
1: Yeah, so quite good. It kind of means that they have to go last and um, no retreat is quite useful um, if you know that oh, they can just run on that objective so fairly good definitely and then um, we've got the spirit drain spell so it's cast on a 4 so super easy pick an enemy unit within 18 of the cast that's visible roll a number of dice equal to that wound's characteristic for every 6 plus they take a mortal wound so it's okay cheap to cast very cheap Um, not too bad a range on it but <clears throat> doesn't like my world on fire, really.
0: No, I mean, it's. It, if you knew what you're going to be facing, it would be better.
1: Um, you've got Lifestealer, uh, on off 7. If successful, pick an enemy unit within 12 of the cast that's visible. They take d3 mortal wounds, and for each mortal wound you inflict, you heal one wound allocated to the caster. Solid. So I, I took that on my Knight of Shrouds because I gave him the uh, artifact to make him a wizard. Um and he was allowed able to heal himself whilst doing damage. Um which is I think is a very strong thing, is to have a way to heal your heroes because they're pivotal to your army. How many wounds does the Night Shroud have? Uh on horse, I think seven. Seven, yeah. Might be six. That's, that's make a big difference. Um so then you've got the Reaping Scythe. It's cast on a four. It successfully casts pick one of the heroes the caster's weapons. And to the start of your next hero phase, you can reroll hit wounds and wound rolls for attacks made by the weapon.
0: So it doesn't say melee weapons, does it? Um,
1: this is weapons. Yeah. yeah, just weapons. So not that shoot- they really have any shooting weapons, but oh yeah, beams aren't
0: beams aren't. They don't roll conventionally, do they?
1: No. Um. But the the fact that you can make your <clears throat> attacks from like rifle or um. Uh, the night shroud's more reliable; it's quite good, but obviously we'll get onto that uh, later on when we talk about these characters. Uh, I don't think it's a spell you'll take very often because I found that casters are kind of a little bit of a premium in the army. So you, you there are other choices in here which are good. Um, the next one is probably one you'll see quite often, Um that's shade mist. Uh, it's cast on a six. Pick a friendly night haunt unit holding twelve of the caster. Uh, subtract one from wound rolls for attacks that target the unit until the start of your next hero phase. That's brilliant.
0: The range doesn't matter as much because you're going to be closer towards your own stuff and it's all wound rolls against them. It's not restricted to combat or anything like that and it's until your next hero phase.
1: So and not, you don't even have to go, oh, that, that enemy unit's minus one. It's everything yeah, exactly. that targets yeah. this unit is minus one, which is great. No,
0: that's absolutely incredible. Doesn't Sorry. turn off. Exploding 6s or anything, but um, still, minus 1 to wound is... uh, I mean, with hit rolls, because it affects wound roll, but uh, subtracting 1 from wounds is mega.
1: Yeah, I think it's super good. Uh, And then Spectral Tether is another one I think you'll see quite often. Uh, Cast on a 6, if successfully cast, pick a friendly Nightworn hero within 12 of the caster, and heal D3 wounds allocated to it. Solid. Straight up heal. So... I ran the um, Life Stealer and Spectral Tether in my army because I found yeah. that the two together meant you could heal two D three to I could heal two D three to the character doing the damage, or I could I could do D three to one character and D three on the other. So kind of makes uh, my heroes a bit more survivable.
0: I mean, the obvious the obvious restriction there is. I mean, it's in the name of the item. You you are tethered to keeping your if if the plan is to have two of your guys with the potential to heal themselves or each other, or one of them can heal itself and they um uh they can obviously target themselves with the special teller or the other person you've got to be within 12 so that has to fit with how you want to be placing your units on the table but it's super powerful
1: yeah i think so um so there, there's spells um i think shade mist is a is a particularly good spell uh and then the two hills as mentioned and the others are a bit more situational yeah um weapons of the dam now into artifacts of power. So you've got the Shadow's Edge. Pick one of the Bernie's many weapons. Uh, If the unmodified hit roll is a 6, it does D3 mortal wounds and the attack sequence ends. Do not make a wound or save roll. So you could potentially if you've got a hero with lots of single damage attacks um, it could be quite useful. But looking at the War Scrolls I don't think anything leaps out of me immediately. Um, But
0: I was just going to ask, this new form of wording, because that basically, it means that uh, it's worded differently from how it used to be, that type of stuff, isn't it? That basically means the bit in brackets hasn't changed. Do not make a wound roll or a save roll. It says the attack sequence ends. It doesn't say for that weapon. Does that mean you want to nominate this weapon last?
1: No, no, that's not what it means at all. So in the rules, there's an attack sequence for each attack. Okay. So for every dice, you would do a sequence. So the dice that rolls a six, that sequence ends. The oh, okay. rule for multiple rolling is an additional thing to speed things up. So okay. when you roll an attack sequence, that doesn't mean all the attacks and dice together, because there's been some people talking about this with, um, I think it's another another wording, because there's a, in the, I'm going too much on a tangent, but in the playtest there has been a, and the game, the studio, Jervis has written like a, document that says how to write rules so they're consistent so this wording is going to be a consistent wording when it means that you're doing damage but you're skipping right to the damage you're not doing the other steps in the sequence so it basically bypasses things like you save your wound roll and things like that but it doesn't mean that all the other attacks stop it's just for that one dice cool so it's basically just it could just say inflicts mortal wounds, do not make a wound or a save roll. It could just say that. But oh, it makes it, sense to be But it But it's just the way it's going to be worded. Yeah. Um, Reaper of Sorrows. Pick one of the bearer's melee weapons before attacking with a weapon roll 2d6. If the roll is higher than the target unit's bravery, the weapon's renders increase to minus three. So pretty good, good if,
0: you were really, yeah, if you were really good it would be really good but it's slightly tempered by who's on it
1: yeah again um, it's like situational but Ren 3 is nothing to be sniffed at so um, there you go then you've got the Balefire Blade pick one of the bearer's many weapons add one to the weapon's damage so again it's ok yeah it's alright um, this next one I like because it's a bit techy um, it's called Slitter um, after picking the bearer to fight, before they pile in, pick one enemy model within an inch. Roll a dice. If the roll is higher than the model's wound characteristic, it is slain.
0: Very few things in the game have the ability to pick out individual models. That's mega.
1: Yeah, I love it. You can pick out banners. You can pick out command. You can. Um, you can. And actually, in the new rules, um, you can use this to basically kill a. Large portion of a unit because um, when you get to your battle shock phase, if you're out of coherency, you have to lose one of the groups of models. So if someone comes into you and fights you, and they string out in a line because they're using I don't know like paladins or something, and they've go okay, well they're in a line and they're, not, they're they're all within an inch of each other, but if you stab the middle guy, then suddenly you've got two groups out of coherency.
0: Yeah, so it's really really good. They are, uh, just... you know,
1: on a four plus, I'll kill that star saw mace. Now you've got a group of four and a group of three paladins. So yeah. at the end of the turn, that unit you know, you've got to remove those three paladins.
0: So anything that's that unique
1: is inherently powerful
0: because it's that unique. Like you were saying, just banners, or even musicians or characters. Uh, like someone with a really good, uh, I don't know, um, Arcanot company. Like, okay, well, I, I don't like that guy with his twenty-four inch range, really good damage shooting weapon. I'm just going to eat him.
1: Yep. Yeah, yeah, Star Soul maces, loads of stuff. I mean, you know, just just killing anything that gives the unit a bonus um, that you don't want them to have. I mean, it, it's it's just a great little techie item that, that you know that that ability, as you say, is so powerful. Um, so I think that's really good.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean if you're gonna consider adding one to your damage characteristic of your weapon, on averages you've got to look how much damage that would do rather than than taking that, because it's uh there's plenty of things with two wounds in the game that
1: you'd like to kill. Yeah, and on a three plus just take the model off. It's just like Up. brilliant. Um, then you've got headman's judgment, pick one of the many weapons, add one to hit and wound rolls made by that weapon. Solid. Which makes you a lot more reliable. Um, Shrieking Blade, subtract one from hit rolls for attacks made with many weapons that target the bearer. Cool that it's on something that sounds like a weapon. Um, that's just super useful. Yeah, it's minus one to hit in combat. Um, and you've got the trait for minus one to hit from shooting, so you can double those up and be minus two to hit, uh, or minus one in each. So, yeah, I, th- I think it's quite good. I like the fact it's a weapon, like you say but it, it's kind of not a weapon, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so I think some of the artifacts here are really good. So it's really hard to pick one, um, and I think some of the formations you might try and squeeze in to get an additional artifact. So you've got uh, Relics in the Underworld, uh, Cloak of the Waxing Moon. Um, the Deathless Spirit trait negates wounds afflicted by melee weapons that are allocated to the bearer on a 5 instead of a 6. So makes your character more survivable in combat. Um, but again it's only in combat
0: yeah it depends how you're going to be running your characters that's one of the reasons why the minus for shooting looks so good if your guy is a utility piece uh, strategically rather than in terms of his melee output or whatever then there's a better chance that he's going to be standing at the back with rows of people in front of him or isn't, isn't getting stuck in himself where it's
1: dangerous yeah exactly so a bit situational but could be useful um, pendant of the Fell Wind You can add 3 inches to normal moves Made by friendly Night Nighthaunt units Holding 12 of the Bearer at the start of that normal move Movement's just always good Plus 3 move is amazing Like yeah. from playing Nurgle Having the bell It's amazing Like just literally uh, having an extra 3 inches On your movement means you're no more likely To get that charge in um, you you could get onto objectives easier. I just I think that is so strong, and you can get multiple units with it as well.
0: I was going to say, tw- like, if that was nine inches, we'd actually be having a very different discussion. I think, but twelve inches, that bubble is huge. Like first turn with a yeah. like only, uh, you're not even some items like this. You, you'd end up restricting your your positioning to get extra move, which is kind of counterintuitive, but that's barely even restrictive. 12 inches of the bearer, that's a 24-inch bubble around him. Turn one, definitely, and then, depending on the situations from then on, that's really, really, really good.
1: Yeah, I love it. I love it. This is one of my favourite items. Um, next one we've got is the Dreadbolt Ring. Uh, when the bearer fights, uh, they inflict one or more wounds. With their melee weapons, you can inflict D3 mortal wounds on one enemy unit, even three of the bearer, after all the bearer's attacks have been made. So if you do a wound with your melee weapon, suddenly picking it up, D3, taking extra D3 mortals. Pretty reliable. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, actually, probably a little bit underrated, but sometimes yeah, so. when you just need to ping off a model, and it's another, it doesn't have to be the same thing you hit, it's a thing within three. So you could kill one model, and then you go, I've got two guys left in that unit, I'll just do D3 mortal wounds to that unit and do it a double bubble. Yep. So I think that's solid. Like very situational, but I think on like there were times when I was fighting uh, with the Knight of Shrouds against multiple units, uh, and that would have been so useful.
0: Yeah, flexibility is um is always good, and that's, that's a decent amount of damage as well.
1: Yeah, and and if you're in combat for a while, it's it's you're getting value on that in their turn and your turn. Of course, yeah, that's So make a it's it's kind of it's good value on that, I think so.
0: You might get your opponent attacking him far sooner than they would as well, or wasting attacks because they're worried about the potential of it.
1: Yeah, I think it's quite good on an executioner. Um, it just, it just makes that model even more tempting because it kind of the execution is quite tanky, um, so we'll get onto. But I think I think if you got it on him, you're like, oh, I kind of want to hit him, but I don't want to hit him because he's more survivable than everything else. Um, <laughs> so it's quite cool. Then you've got the Mirror of Screaming Souls. At the start of your shooting phase, roll 2d6 for each enemy unit of an 8 of the bearer. If the roll is higher than units' bravery, they take one mortal wound.
0: I think with all of the stuff that's to do with bravery, you kind of have to read it as, if I'm going in on this theme, this is, this is much better than it looks. But yeah. if you're not, it's, there's probably other stuff that's, that's going to see more general use.
1: Well, it's basically an AOE Banshee scream that does one yeah. wound rather than D three, mm-hmm. so it's okay.
0: Um, and the unit's bravery is obviously going to be minus. Is it what's their D before a range for minus six. one bravery? So most things within eight are going to be within six. They're going to be debuffing yeah. their bravery before
1: of, doing of this. Any Night horn unit, so you could have it on a hero chilling behind, but then fighting something else. They're still yeah. minus one. So um, Midnight Tome. This one's really useful because it basically makes the bearer a wizard and they know a spell from the lore of the Underworlds uh, as well as Arcane Bolt and Mystic Shield and they can attempt to cast one spell and bind one spell. If the bear was already a wizard, they can get an extra spell. So for me, at the Midnight Tome, if you put that on um, like a combat hero, you get an extra wizard, you get an extra spell from the lore. Just very useful.
0: Is there anything scenario-wise or anything that's affected by
1: wizards or? Uh... Yeah, but it's wizards and artifacts. So by giving someone okay. an artifact, it's the same got you. result really. Then mm-hmm. um, you've got the Covetous Familiar. At the start of the combat phase, roll a dice for each enemy unit within three of the bearer. On a two plus, they take a mortal wound. So again, it's okay, but I don't think you'll see that play. That yeah. One. Um, then you've got some lanterns which can only go on the guardian of souls which is like the the wizard character that sort of heals. Um, you've got the light shard of the harvest moon. Once per battle at the start of the combat phase, the bearer can use the artifact. If they do, re-roll failed hit rolls for attacks made by night haunt models that are holy night haunt units that are wholly within 12 of the bearer when they attack. Tasty. It's good, but it's it's hard to get in range I think.
0: I was going to say it's tasty, but it depends whether your person is going to be at that location at the moment in the battle when you would want those re
1: And it's once per game as well. So, yeah, exactly. Um, I have used it before, uh, but I think now the fact it's only on a Guardian of Souls is very restrictive because yeah. you would probably want that on a combat character. Um, so I don't think that gets play very much. I mean, the Guardian Souls are not really terrible in combat, um, and they buff units around them anyway. So you kind of want your heroes in amongst the mix of your units, even if they're not combat based. Yeah, um, I mean, if so...
0: you're if you're playing defensively and you're sitting on something and you're surrounded, <coughs> pardon me, and you're surrounded by stuff, then that's pretty tasty. It just depends what's happening on the battlefield, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, I think it's okay. I think. Um situation very good on spirit hosts yeah exactly um then you've got um the witchlight lantern plus one to cast Solid. so can't can't get you know can't really get it wrong with pluses to cast really um then the beacon of Nagashizar. if the bearer successfully casts a spectral law spell uh, and it's not unbound this is the spell that heals units Instead of the normal effects of the spell, you can either heal D6 plus 3 wounds that have been allocated to the target unit, or if no wounds have been allocated to the unit, you can return a number of slain models equal to the combined wound characteristics of D6 plus 3. So, very strong, Uh, particularly if you're running like uh, Spirit Host units, um, because you can start returning Spirit Host models uh, easier, whereas Spectral Law on its own probably isn't powerful enough to get anything back.
0: What's the, um, what's the range on Spectral
1: Law? So Spectral Law... Let me just skip to the War Scrolls. Um, I, I think it's 12, but I will just double-check that. Yeah, um, that is... It
0: does make it very... You're right, that brings it into a, a region whereby it would affect spirit hosts.
1: Okay, it's 24. <laughs> so yeah. Spectral Law is on a 6... Pick a friendly summonable Nighthawk unit, holy within 24. You can either heal d6 wounds or you can return a number of slave models equal to or less than the roll of a d6, so place you're getting plus three to that roll. Yeah, so you're guaranteeing one base of spirit host back basically plus plus a d6. Yeah, so on a three plus, you're getting
0: two, on a six, you're getting three. Yeah, but like two models back along with anything else you might have in the army already or markers or anything like that is um solid.
1: Yeah, I think so. Um I think from the artifacts that's it for the artifacts. Mm-hmm. I think for me stand out ones for me Slitter's really good. Um I quite like the Dreadbolt ring, uh Pendant of Felwind's really good. Midnight Tome's is good. Uh the Light Shard's quite cool. The Witchlight and the Beacon are all really good. So the lanterns are quite good actually, so Yeah, quite a lot of choice in there like I say. There's it is. a lot of
0: variety and you can already it feels like a very um just like four pages and it feels like it's a cohesion army doesn't it it's all about how things affect other things and ranges and bubbles and areas of effect
1: exactly so i think what we'll do is we'll take a quick break and uh, when we come back we'll go through the war scrolls um and then we'll we'll talk about battalions and the spells and that so we probably might have another break before then depends how long they take but we'll be back in a minute and then we'll go through the war scrolls in the book facehammer is sponsored by element games so for great customer service all the latest age of sigma releases at 20 percent off and all your hobby needs go to www.elementgames.co.uk to support us directly click through the banner on our website and let them know that you came from us And we're back from the break. So we're going to talk about the War Scrolls. And if you haven't seen already, the Nighthaunt have got some really cool uh, characters. So there's which three of them, which are like super, super awesome. Um, and they're quite good. Um, so we're going to go through all three of them. At um, first, because they're the first three War Scrolls. Um, and we'll start off with Lady Linda, the Mortark of Grief. So... She is uh, a particularly cool model, uh, which I'm oh, I sure you've probably too. seen. Um, so I'll go through her rules. Now, Now she's a great support hero um, for your army. So 6-inch move, 7 wounds, 4-up save, bravery, 10. Can fly and obviously has the, um, the same as ignores modifiers, positive and neg- negative on um, its save. It also has the following melee weapons a Staff of Midnight, two inch range, three attacks, freeze and freeze, minus two rend damage d3. So it's like okay. Uh, and the Banshee Handmaiden's Claws is six attacks, fours and fours, no rend damage one. And if you roll a six, they take one more wound. So it's a bit like a Spirit Host base that hits on a four. So it's a little bit different. What size base is she on? Uh, I don't know. She's on like a 50 mil, I think. Um, okay. So she's on like oh, that a bad amount of damage, but. For- a medium wizardy person. Yeah, she's okay. Um So uh she has the uh, Grave Sands of Time ability, which is a once per battle in your hero phase. You can choose to either inflict D6 mortal wounds on an enemy hero in six, or heal D6 wounds that have been allocated to this model. So quite nice as a as a damage Explore. poke or as a heal, because she's got seven wounds. But obviously, you don't if she dies, she's it's quite a big deal, which we'll come on to. Um, you probably don't want her dying, uh, to be honest, because she's pretty amazing. She's on a 60 mil round, by the way. So, um, so she has a couple of abilities. So she has lifting the veil, start of your hero phase, pick an enemy unit within 12 of this model. Uh, roll a dice, on a 1 nothing happens, on a 2+, plus, the unit takes a number of mortal wounds equal to the roll. And if any enemy models are slain, immediately heal D3 wounds that have been allocated to this model. So you can literally Solid. do, if you do both of those abilities together You against a hero, you could do D6 wounds to them, and then D3 wounds on a 2+, plus healing you for D3. So that's quite a lot of damage that you can push yeah. for on a hero. Um, and quite a lot of healing. And healing as well, yeah. She has the Mortalk of Grief special rule, which is add one to the number of models that flee from enemy units when they fail a battle shock within 12 and of course she would benefit from the allegiance that she would heal as well when a model runs. Um, and minus the bravery. Yeah. You're all kind of adds up, isn't it? She has a scream, Whale of the Damned. At the start of your shooting phase, roll 2d6 for each enemy unit within 10 of this model. If the roll for that unit is higher than its bravery, it takes d3 mortal wounds. So an AoE Banshee scream, pretty good. Then um, she's also a wizard and she can cast two spells um, and unbind two. and She knows Arcane, Bolt, Mystic Shield, and Grief Stricken. So, Grief Stricken is on a seven. If successfully cast, pick an enemy unit within 18 of the caster that's visible. And to her next hero face, subtract one from hit rolls from attacks made by that unit and one from hit rolls for attacks um, with many weapons that target that unit. Useful. Yeah, it's okay. Also add what subtract one from them and add one to you. So mm-hmm. you get a double bubble. So you get plus one, they get minus one. But what I like about that is every unit that fights that unit. Yeah. So pretty good. Um, and the command ability is no rest for the wicked. You can use the command ability in your hero phase if this model is your general and on the battlefield. If you do so you can return one slain model to each friendly summonable night Haunt unit within twelve of the friendly model of this command ability. So that's every unit within twelve gets a model back.
0: Uh within, not wholly within. Within. Okay, solid. Yeah. So even if you just got one guy touching.
1: Yeah. Pretty solid, right? Definitely. So she is a pretty awesome support hero. Um obviously seven wounds is not an awful lot.
0: So. That was yeah. That's kinda of the linchpin, I was just gonna say that.
1: But all of the Night Hunt heroes have quite a low wound threshold. Um, but she's two hundred and forty <laughs> points, so not that expensive really for what she does.
0: No, if you put a price on models healed or pokes or anything, I think
1: it all adds up to be pretty solid and fair really. I think her main like appeal is the mortal wound output she can do. You know, you've got you've got Basically lifting the veil, you've got your gravesands, you've got your wet wh- banshee whale, uh, and your a caster. Um, what are the ranges and, on those? Please, At uh, 12 inches for lifting the veil, um, six inches for the gravesands, um, and the whale of the damned yeah. is 10, but every unit within 10. Yeah, so if you've got a wrapped in a spirit host bubble moving up as like a blob, mm-hmm. then like you're gonna be basically like going, Well, come fight me. Um, and, you know, you're going to be lifting your Veil, popping your stuff. I think it's going to be quite strong.
0: Yeah, there's plenty of other spells available as well that can either go on the Pokey Damage
1: or the Debuffy or whatever. So, super good. I really like her. I think she's super solid. Um, the next hero is Kurdos Valentian, the Craven King. Again, move 6, 7 wounds, 4 up save, bravery 10. So exactly the same stat line, basically. Um... He has got the Sepulchral Scepter, five attacks, freeze and freeze, minus two rend, damage D3. So, pretty nasty. Yeah, yes please. Yeah, and then he's also got his Herald's Claws, which are the same, six attacks, doing mortals on a six. What are the reach of the, both of those? One. Okay. Um. So he is also ethereal, obviously, uh, and he's got the rule, if I cannot rule, none shall rule. At the start of the enemy hero phase, after the opposing player receives their command point, roll a dice, on a five or more, subtract one from their command point's total, and you receive a command point. Just, yeah. Do you just steal their command point on a five plus? Just gotta love that. First turn. That, I mean, that
0: matters the most on the first turn, right? It doesn't matter who, like, their first turn, obviously. But that's, um, I think how much that could upset
1: someone's plans. It's just great. I mean, just... I'll have that. I mean, it's a resource. It's an important resource. Yeah, when the bit times a battle, if he stays alive for each round, that's going to happen. That's really, really good. Then you've got the uh, unmodified... He's got the Soul-Crushing Smite. If the unmodified Wound Roll from attack with the Scepter is 6, the attack has a damage characteristic of d6 instead of d3. Alright. right. Brilliant. That's pretty good. And mm-hmm. he also has the rule, suffer no rival. You can reroll hit rolls for attacks made by the scepter if the target is the enemy general. Kind of, all right. So pretty cool. Um, he's a combat guy. Uh, again, I, I just really like that. That stealing the command point is so strong.
0: Yeah.
1: How many points is he? He is 220. Okay. So quite like- steep, but...
0: I mean, for your money, like, I mean, it's obviously it's incidental, but like, a decent proportion of his costs could just be allocated to that ability to steal command points. It's um even if he's not in combat doing his beat stick damage, you could just sit him somewhere fairly safe, and if that goes off a couple of times, he's he's already doing quite a lot to affect the table.
1: Yeah, and he's no slouch in combat. That's he's pretty he's pretty baller in combat. Um yeah, just, just does an awful lot of damage. Um now we get on to the third character, and this is probably my favourite one, um, and that's Reckonor the Grimhaler. Um and he is basically on a steed, big wing steed with corpse candles all over it. And it's movement 14, 7 wounds, 4 up save, bravery 10. He has the Fell Reaper with 2 inch range. 4 attacks, 4s and 3s, minus 1 rend, damage 2. And he has the Ghostly Hooves and Teeth, 3 attacks, 4s and 4s, no rend, damage 1 on the mount. He has the ability Corpse Candle. In your Hero Phase, before this model attempts to cast a spell, you can say it will snuff out a Corpse Candle. If you do, either pick this model, or an enemy model within 12. The model takes 1 mortal wound. If the mortal wound was suffered by an enemy add one to casting rolls. If the mortal wound was suffered by you, add three to the casting roll. Wow. So you go, I'm going to have plus three to cast, please. Yeah, that's just mega. Uh, and the ability to ping off a, a model with a, with the mortal wound is amazing as well. Yeah. Um, He's got frightful touch, so um, if he makes a modified hit roll of a six... With his Fell Reaper, it does two mortal wounds and the attack sequence ends. So it's a bit like the Karen Wraith Scythe, basically. Yeah. And he also has the ability Reap Like Corn. Um, you can re-roll failed hit rolls for attacks made by the Fell Reaper if the target has five or more models in the unit. So, again, it's the same as the Scythe. It's re-rolling to hit and against uh, big units. So, obviously, he's a wizard. Um, he, he can cast one spell. He knows Arcane Bolt, Mystic Shield, and the Wraith Storm spell. So Storm is on a 7. If successfully cast pick an enemy unit within 12 of the caster, that unit takes D3 mortal wounds. If any models are slain as a result of the spell, immediately take another D3 mortal wounds.
0: God, that's just so much better than Archive Bolt. It's unbelievable.
1: Yeah, and I think um, the fact that he's quite fast, you can get plus 3 to cast reliably. Um, He's not too bad in combat. Um, I quite like him. He's he's like...
0: Fourteen inches is so different from six. <laughs>
1: um, and he's not too expensive. I think he's 180 points.
0: Yeah, that's really solid. Um, the question about his do a, do a damage to uh, get plus to cast,
1: hmm.
0: how does the sequencing of that work? Can you do a damage that would conceivably allow you to remove a spirit host with one wound left and then replace it with a full one or anything like that? It's
1: an enemy model, so you can't.
0: Oh it's, oh, it's enemy model. You so it's
1: himself uh, or an enemy model. So if there's no oh, one near himself. him to to hurt. You can't. You can't do Got that. Got you. Okay. But it's just when he goes to cast, basically. So. Mm-hmm. So pretty cool. Those three heroes. Um, yeah. I think they're all useful. Um, I think um, Reckoner's kind of like the more kind of all-round safe one. Um, Lady Olinda, I think, is amazing. Um, and um, Kurt Kurdos is, is just it's just just really cool. Uh, you could actually run all three in an army without too much expense. You know, like, yeah, I mean the opponents cost you only a little
0: bit over six hundred points there.
1: Yeah. And I think that would be quite an interesting army to run all three. So it's a lot going on, that'd be for sure. <laughs> yes. Um I think you might your opponent might be a little bit stuck about what to go for, to be honest. So yeah, pretty cool. Target saturation is a thing. Yep. It is definitely a thing. So let we get on to the other scrolls, which is Probably most people have seen already, but we'll go through them. So Knight of Shrouds, obviously from Malign Portents. Five wounds, four up save. Um, again, Ethereal, Fly, everything in the army's got this. Um, Sword of Stolen Hours, four attacks, freeze and freeze, Rem one, damage two. Every time you uh, do a wound on a hero, you heal a wound. And he's got the command ability, Spectral Overseer. Uh, start the combat phase, pick a friendly model with this command ability. Add one to hit rolls for friendly Knight Haunt units, while they're wholly within 12 of this model. So quite a cool command ability. Um you know,
0: it's obviously doesn't doesn't affect
1: your viable stuff. No, uh to be honest it's just it's quite nice, but again it's a little bit situational, so I'm not really sure it's um it's that good. Um it's from him and it's quite a short range. But he's quite a good hero, he's quite choppy, so and he's not they're not that expensive. Um so I think the Knight of Shrouds is hundred and twenty points. So not too bad. Um, and then we've got the Knight of Shrouds on Ethereal Steed. So basically, he's got one extra wound, so he's got six wounds and a movement of 12. His sword's exactly the same, and you get the ghostly hooves from the horse, which basically you might as well just forget about. Very um, yeah. <laughs> and his commander, but he's different, it's Lord of Geists. So you can use it at the start of the combat phase. Pick a friendly Nighthaunt unit holding within 18 of this model, add one to the attacks characteristic of the unit's melee weapons. <laughs> And a unit cannot benefit more than once per phase from this ability. So So I really like...
0: Obviously, yeah, It's a big difference from plus one to hit because that gives you more opportunities at sixes.
1: Yeah. And also you can use it on... A lot of the other units are, you know, lots of models with good quality attacks. Getting an extra attack is better than than the hit to be honest. So Yes. Um especially there's other ways to get reroll ones to hit and stuff, so mm-hmm. I think it's quite it's quite good.
0: Um only twenty points more for him, he's one forty.
1: Yeah, extra wound, he's faster as well, so he can keep up, get where he needs to go. Um his command ability is probably better. I think you'll see him more often than the Knight of Shrouds on foot. I'd imagine so, yeah. But both still good. Um Plus he's got a horsey. He's got a horsey Guardian of Souls, we talked about this guy a little bit already. So, um, 5 wounds, 4 save movement 6, flies, same as, same as, same as. He has the Chillblade Aura Maul. So, the Chillblade is 3 attacks, freeze and freeze, Ren 1, damage 1. Or the Maul of Judgment, 2 attacks, freeze and freeze, no Ren, damage 2. So, he's not terrible in combat, really, for Mm -hmm. what he's got. He's got the Nightmare Lantern, add 1 to wound rolls for attacks made by melee weapons by friendly Night Haunt units that are wholly within twelve of this model. Um it's twelve inches. That's a pretty big bubble. And plus what you gotta think is his attack characters might as well be threes and twos. Oh, of course, yeah. Um, because he's like, you know, obviously a night haunt model within range of himself. So pretty good. Yep. Um one forty again. Yeah, one forty points and he's a wizard. Spectral Law spell we talked about already which is to heal um, so I think he's pretty solid I think he'll be in, you at least have one probably two in an army because um, he's a wizard and he's the only wizard you can get apart from Reckoner um, or Lady Olinda so I think you'll see one or two of him um,
0: Yeah, I guess it depends if people are using the ability to make something a wizard from the uh, the artifacts
1: Yeah I mean, I, I think you still think you take a Guardian of Souls because he allows you to heal units, and that, that buff's really good as well. Um, yeah. He's a bit steep on the price, but to be fair, like he's he's so doing so much. He's a force multiplier, isn't he? Yeah. He's got to be
0: priced according to how much he makes your other stuff better. And if you've got 40 dudes getting more attacks, then he's doing quite a lot. Uh,
1: and the next hero that's kind of a buff piece is the Spirit of Torment. Five wounds, four up save, movement six, uh, bravery ten. Now, he's got the Shackle Geist change, 2-inch reach, 3 attacks, 4s and 3s, minus 2 rend, damage, d3. So not nothing to be sniffed at here. That's quite good. Nah,
0: 2 rend is always good.
1: Um, he can um, he has Nagash's Biddings uh, as a rule, so you can reroll hit rolls of 1 for friendly Nighthaunt units while they're wholly within 12 of a Spirit of Torment. So if you've got both the Torment and the um, Guardian of Souls... You're getting um, reroll ones to wound and pl- uh, sorry reroll ones to hit and plus one to wound.
0: Yeah, so, and together that I mean they don't come to that many in terms of points two hundred and something points for things that do other things that really make a big difference to
1: yeah. particular units. I think super solid and the two together obviously buff each other as well. Um, yeah. So, you know, I think I I actually I had two of them together and the unit got completely murked, but those two themselves were able to kill a um, character on a Dracoline. Um, so, pretty good. Yep. Um, you have the rule Captured Soul Energy. So, at the start of the Battleshock phase, if three or more enemy models were slain in that turn, pick a friendly Nighthaunt unit within six and heal D3 wounds that have been allocated to the unit. If three or more... Uh, Stormcast Eternal models were, sl- were slain, heal free wounds. Um, alternatively, instead of healing, you can r- add models into the unit with the wounds characteristics. So basically, um, for every three models that are killed, you can, and if you've got multiple of Torments, you need three per Spirit of Torment to use the ability. But you can either return D3 wounds worth of models or heal D3 wounds to a Nighthorn Um unit and the good important thing about this it's not a summonable night haunt unit, it's a night haunt unit. So that you can heal your characters as well. Big difference there. Um and the thing is it happens in both turns because it's just in the battle shock phase. So in the enemy turn you can still heal. Because That's models huge. have still died and it's still that yeah so I think these guys are really good. Like honestly i think the spirit of torment is a fantastic support hero um it gives you death save it gives you a re-roll ones to hit um and it's giving you that that amazing heal ability as well so i think that's super solid
0: yeah there's a lot of 120 point characters here that you could see just having in the majority of lists because they're pretty flexible
1: exactly um now he kind of goes into a combo with a unit called the Chain Gasts. Now these are a... um, So he's 120 points, isn't he? The Spirit of Torment. He is, yeah. Then we're into the Chain Gasts. Now these guys kind of um, are like a very weird unit. two models in the unit. Um, Maximum of four wounds. Never getting that big. No. Two wounds, four up save. They've got a missile weapon called the Gas Flails, 15 inches, D3 attacks, 4s and freeze, 2 rend, damage 1. Um, so, not too bad. And in combat, 2-inch uh, reach, and for the number of attacks, it's the number of models within reach. Uh, Interesting thing, isn't it? A bit like the old um, decimators. 4s and freeze, minus minus 1 rend, damage 1. So, not too bad. Um they have the ability, another link in the chain. While this unit is holding within twelve of a friendly Spirit of Torment, you can reroll hit rolls of one for friendly nine hundred units while they're holding within twelve of this unit. So it basically increases oh. the bubble of the buff from the Spirit of Torment.
0: That is interesting. You see, like that kind of little, little satellites to her with an AOE AOE around them.
1: Yeah. So you can extend the range of that Spirit of Torment with a chain gas unit. Hmm. But I think they are they eighty points for two. Yeah, it's 80. So it's like a cheap version of the Spirit of Torment, um, which allows you to bubble out the buff and gives you something
0: a shooting attack. To, yeah, and it's—I mean the shooting attack's great. It's also something else to attract. If you're, you're talking about having multiples of, of characters or anything like that, or having the three named characters and your opponent not knowing what to shoot, they're a really irritating unit to have to choose to try and get rid of if you want to get rid of them. And if you don't, you'll probably suffer
1: for it. Yeah, and they're summonable as well, so you can always return models into the unit as well. Cool. Um, So you could do little things like I'll return a model here, then that increases my buff range to capture this or yeah, something like that. So,
0: Would you take them in twos or fours? Is there is there enough mm. wounds in a two there for it to be reliable? I think you'd or take is four. Points? Yeah.
1: If you're going to take them.
0: 160 points. That's also a, a larger, like a longer stick, yeah. for your 12-inch bubble, isn't it?
1: Yeah, exactly. I would use it as a longer link in the chain.
0: Yeah, I think so. That's probably the
1: better <laughs> way to say it. Um, now we're on to another hero. Um, so this is Dreadblade Harrow. Now this hero is quite unusual. So he's a 12-inch move, 5 wound, 4 up save, bravery, 10. And he's got a Dreadblade, which is a sword. So 3 attacks, freeze and freeze, rend 1, damage 1. And the horse, which is 2 attacks, 4s and 5s, no, no rend, 1 damage. Now, what this guy has, he has a very interesting rule called Phantasmal discorporation. So, if this model is more than three inches from enemy models at the start of the movement phase, instead of making a normal move, you can remove it from the battlefield and set it up anywhere on the table, nine inches away from enemy models. So, he can teleport around the table, which I think is awesome. Um yes. You get to add one to the damage of his dreadblade if he charged, and add one to the attacks if he did not make a charge. So he gets plus one attack or plus one damage, depending if he charged or he's grinding away. Which is quite a cool little uh, little rule, I think. Mm-hmm. And he also has the Curse of Loyalty: reroll win rolls of one for attacks made by this model's dreadblade if it's within nine of a friendly Knight of Shrouds.
0: Mm-hmm. When does his uh, his movement ability happen, Russ?
1: In the start of your movement phase.
0: Does that work with the um, making him the general and having a unit come up within range of him?
1: Um, yeah, probably would do, actually. That's it says, pretty tasty. It says I mean, here that like, if this model is more than free from enemy models at the start of movement phase, instead of making a normal move, you can remove it. So, yeah, I think it is at the start. So, and that's yeah, the other yeah. abilities at the start as well. So you could yeah. teleport him and pen. then spectral recall. That's um, good spot there, that's cool. That's pretty that's
0: pretty flexible, isn't it? I mean obviously he's he's got a four up save, he ignores Rend. Um, five wounds, you know. Yeah. That's um that could catch someone out.
1: <laughs> I mean he's only got one less wound than a knight of Shroud so on horse, yeah. so and he's a hundred points, so he's a bit cheaper. Yeah, he is definitely. Um and he can have traits and everything, so hmm not a bad not a bad little pick that. So, um, and then we on to another hero, a Lord Executioner. There's five wounds, four up save, bravery 10, move six. He's got the Decapitating Great Axe, which is three attacks, freeze and freeze, rend two, damage one. Um, he has the Beheading Strike. If the Unmodified Wound roll from an attack is a six, add two to the damage. So we can damage three. Yeah. He has staring death in the face. At the start of the combat phase, you can pick an enemy hero within three of this model to subtract one from hit rolls for attacks made by that hero in the combat phase. So you can debuff a hero, and yeah. he has disembodied skulls. Roll a d6 each time you allocate a mortal wound to this model. On a 5-up, the wound is negated. It makes him a little bit more tanky. Sorry. He's cheap as chips as well. 80 points. Yeah. So he's all right. I think you won't see him that often, um, but he's. I mean, having that little debuff on, a, on an enemy hero is quite useful. I was say, yeah, if, you, if you're taking
0: if you're taking a type of army that gets in people's faces or kind of clusters blobs of different models around things, you can imagine him being the last eighty points he got in the list, sneaking in and then just subtly positioning himself and really irritating something in combat.
1: Well, if you've got like a defensive screen, you could just sit in that screen. He's giving yeah. him a death save and then the enemy hero charges and you go, Oh, you've been free, start the combat phase, minus one. You know, like you think about like a vampire or and a zombie dragon, suddenly the bite's are hitting on fives and the rider's hitting on a four. That's a huge yeah, difference.
0: It is, and it's not as if there's not other ways to get debuffs within the rest of the list everywhere. So that's
1: so pretty good. I think he'd be quite an irritating character, um, just like almost like hugging a hero. Yeah. And you are like I don't really want to hit this guy but I kind of have to stop him making me minus 1 to hit and I have to stop him just chopping at me. And if yeah, you then got a spirit of Torment near him you can start healing him as well. So yep.
0: And he's got his mortal saves so he might actually do that pretty well.
1: Yeah. I I think he's a good pick. I mean, you can even give him an artifact to make him even more survivable. Yeah. So you can make him was... minus 1 to hit or, or you know um you know the minus 1 to hit in melee weapon the shrieking think... blade.
0: I was going to say, if you're going to have heroes hugging heroes, uh, what's the name of the item that reduces mortal wounds from spells by D3? Oh, the
1: um, yeah, the it's the lens, isn't it? The refracting lens.
0: Yeah. So, if you're going to have little, uh, like a little bubble of spirit hosts next to some other hero, and he's holding hands with them, then that, like, you you could have a that there. If you've got a formation, you could have the minus to hit from shooting on one of them. Also, that's a pretty like you've pretty much got all bases covered there because they ignore rend um they're going to be debuffed from shooting and they're going to be debuffed from spells cast by wizards so there's not much left there that they haven't got some extra protection from
1: yeah he'd be a good character to give the lens to because he's quite hard to kill himself so he's probably going to survive longer
0: oh yeah he's i mean (laughs) you're not going to damage him very easily with mortal wounds uh
1: from spells are you if he's carrying that around you'd be a tank um then we've gotten to the long-lost long, long favourites, the Tomb Banshee. Four wounds, four up save, Chill Dagger, one attack, fours and threes, minus two damage, d3. Um, Frightful Touch, if you make a um, hit roll of six with the Chill Dagger, they take d3 mortal wounds. And Howl, enemy unit within 10, 2d6, if you roll higher than their bravery, it takes a number of mortal wounds equal to the difference of the roll. So quite good now that you've got ways to debuff bravery. Yeah, it's a big change. It's a really big so, change. Rather than just doing a couple, it's going to do like you know, if you've got something that's bravery six and you roll like eleven, that's like five mortal wounds. That's you know, pretty scary. Mm-hmm. And it's good as well because you can run and scream because it's not a yeah. me- not a missile weapon. It's just at the start of the shooting phase. Um, Sixteen, awesome, eighty points. Yeah again solid I think this is like I, when I've sort of started writing lists I've quickly found this army to be like my blood bound where I just want all the heroes and I just run out of hero slots
0: yeah you've only got six and I mean several people in there who are 80 um it's quite hard isn't it you, there was so much less choice before this book came out that now the the Banshee and the Khan are fighting with some pretty stiff competition
1: yeah but I still think they're viable which I think is good yeah. um so the Karen Wraith, 4 wounds, 4 up save, 2-inch reach, 3 attacks, 4s and 3s, minus 1 round, damage 2. Again, if you roll a 6 to hit, 2 more wounds, and you can reroll hit rolls if the target unit has 5 or more models. For a 60-point hero, not too bad. Quite a nice little slot in if you've only got 60 points left. I think if you've got 80, you're always going to take the Executioner, but I think it's just nice that there is another another bracket of points for a hero. yes.
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, they've got it all the way up there, haven't they? <coughs> I think They've nearly got every single thing on 20 points from 60 to 240.
1: Yeah, so there's always going to be a hero slot that you can pick. I think, I mean, yeah, really good. Um, then we're into the units. So, um, Glaive Wraith Stalkers. So these are the weird, like, horse-heady-looking dudes. Uh, one wound each, four-up save. Hunter's Glaive, two-inch reach, two attacks, fours and threes, no rend, one damage. Um, If they've got a death beat drummer, uh, the unit uh, can retreat and charge in the same turn. So pretty good. Flexible, yeah. Um, And they've got the ability, the point of death. You can reroll hit rolls if this unit uh, charged, Uh, if this unit or the target unit made a charge. So if they charge you or you charge them, you can reroll to hit so not too bad um these guys are a little bit weird um you get 4 of them for 60 points yeah so they're not they only got one wound each so they're quite easy to kill but if you if you wanted to pop a couple little scoring units around for a small points investment they're not too bad no not battle line or anything no which is a bit strange but i think if if they were you could have like the cheapest battle line ever um, yeah, and they are um, summonable, so obviously you can yeah. heal them. So you could take them in a big unit, but I think That's they're a are... sixteen. Is <laughs> that they're, they're just a weird unit. Um, I think retreating and charging is and rerolling to hit is pretty good, but no rend on the attacks. Um, these guys kind of underwhelm me a lot. I don't seem to get these in my lists when I write lists. I think they're more flexible than they are good. Yeah, and I think like if you have eighty points, you can take. Ch- uh 10 chain rasps which yeah. are just going to do more uh, like yeah, i'm sure 100% so will <laughs> come to them soon i'm sure i think they kind of feel like they should be faster cuz they're still in movement 6 if they were movement like 10 or something i'd think well actually they've got speed so they Yeah like... darting
0: in and out with that retreat really and charge and
1: um this next unit is a favorite of mine um the grimgast reapers so these guys are movement 8 one wound four up save these guys are battle line if um you've got the slasher scythe two inch reach, two attacks, fours and freeze, one rend one damage. Um and the death now, which is one guy can have this, is one attack, freeze and freeze, rend one damage two. Um so I think you know that's like your special weapon. They come in units of ten. I think they're are they hundred and forty points for ten? Or are they hundred and twenty? I can't remember. What are they
0: called again? The Everything grim, sounds so
1: Grim Reapers.
0: Gas Reapers, everything's reapy and chainy and inside. Uh, uh, they are uh, 140 and 360,
1: yeah. Yeah. Um, and they obviously have the ethereal room as well. And they've got the rule, they've got reap like corn, so they can re roll hit rolls if the target unit has five or more models. Again, they've got a two inch reach, so these guys stood behind a chain rasp horde would be pretty scary. Um, and they've got the, the coolest name of a rule for me is for whom the bell tolls. Um, I kind of feel like there should be some music to go with this, but. Um, you can allocate um, wounds inflicted by the death now after allocating wounds inflicted by slasher size. For each enemy model that's slain by wounds inflicted by a death now, you can inflict one mortal wound on enemy unit within three. So you could just do an extra mortal wound if somebody dies from the death now.
0: It's not the unit that you attacked originally either. No. It's just an enemy unit.
1: Yeah. Um, quite like these guys. I like the fact they're fast. I like the fact that you've got two attacks... Fours to hit isn't great, but you can re roll. to wound's fantastic. Minus one rend and damage one. And if you're within range of a um, a dude, you'll be wounding on twos if you've got a Guardian of Soul within range. So, um, you know, fours re rolling ones or re rolling completely with twos. Minus one rend, damage one. Two inch reach. Solid. Pretty reliable. Yeah. Yeah. Summonable as well. So, you can heal them, bring them back,
0: do all the rest of the be stuff. A little bit. Them. a little bit of everything, don't they? Damage wise. Yep.
1: Yeah. Then you've got the Chain Raspord. These guys are probably the best battle line unit in the game, I would say, um, uh, w- w- in the context of this army. I think they're absolutely fantastic. 6-inch um, move, uh, 1 wound, 5-up save, ethereal, they can fly. They've got malignant weapons, 2 attacks, 4s and 4s, no round 1 damage. Doesn't sound that, ex- that amazing. Um, the leader is a dread warden. add 1 to his attacks. In addition, their Bravery 10 while he's alive. It's obviously pretty good. And then you can re-roll wound rolls of one while it has 10 or more models. Now, these guys are 80 points. Uh, and then 280 for a horde of 40. Yes. But what's really good about these guys is they're summonable, so you can bring them back. But if you're within range of the two heroes we mentioned, Guardian Soul Spirit, Torment, they're hitting on fours, re-rolling ones, wounding on threes, re-rolling ones, with two attacks a model, that's 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 a lot of damage. If you've got, if you what, what size base are they on? Twenty-five mil. Yeah. <laughs> so if you if you've got like twenty of them, it's one hundred and sixty yep. points. They're battle line. Um, you're going right. That's forty attacks. Four's rerolling ones. Three's rerolling ones. And you they're really easy to heal. Like if you those two heroes are nearby, you could be getting. Um, D six from the spirit guard, its guardian spirit. D three from the spirit of torment. And then, if you've got the um, spectral uh, ruler of the spirit host command trait, or a black coach, as we'll get onto, you could bring even more back. I think for battle line, they're just a great unit.
0: They are. I mean, we spoke earlier about probably wanting due to the abilities to go uh, straight allegiance rather than. Rather than uh, playing death as a whole, but I actually think I could see people investing 500, 600 points um, in these and the characters to go with them and just popping them in any death army, or maybe even just just in these guys. 280 points for 40 models that are battle line unconditionally. They're really, they're pretty um, pretty solid, aren't they?
1: I think in the Legion army, they're amazing, but we'll get on to that. Um, (laughs) I think the. What's really good as well, if you've got the knight of shards on steed, you can give them plus one attack. So suddenly you're you're doing three attacks a model. Um, and I know it's not they're not a quality attacks, but you're rolling enough dice, aren't you? Yeah, you're definitely rolling enough
0: dice. It's quite a, it's a pretty small footprint as well, uh, because they're little bases. Even just you don't have to have all that unit in when they've got that many attacks to be doing a pretty uh decent amount.
1: Hmm. Indeed. Um, so I think they're solid, really good. Um, into like one of my favourite units in the book, um, Bladegeist Revenants, purely because they've got a big sword and they look cool as fuck. That's um, good reasoning. <laughs> these these guys are um, movement eight, uh, four up, save one wound, bravery ten. And they have the Tomb Great Blade, two attacks, freeze and freeze, rend one damage one. So basically, like elite infantry. Yeah. Um, Decent um, move. Yeah, and they fly. You can reroll failed hit rolls for attacks made by this unit if it's wholly within 12 of any Spirit of Torment or Chain Ghasts. So they get to reroll to hit if they're within range rather than just reroll ones. Mm-hmm. And they've got the ability Whirling Death. They can retreat and charge in the same turn. In addition, add one to the attacks of their Great Blades if they um, make a charge move in the same turn pretty solid, isn't it? Amazingly good. Yeah. Retreat out of combat into one thing, charge something else, get extra attacks, re-roll everything. Just, oh, just... I love them. And
0: movement, yeah. And the movement 8 just to make sure you get them in the position you want even if you then do reposition.
1: And they're summonable. So so you can bring them back.
0: Um, Not not much bad about this unit then.
1: They are expensive. 90 points for 5 wounds, 180 points for 10. So... That I think they do have a massive regiment, but they are pretty pricey. Um, yep. I think you can take the max is twenty. It is twenty, yeah. Three hundred twenty. So quite a lot of points for that unit, but the fact that they've got that's so much damage coming back. That's like you just you need a unit of ten of those. If they charge, that's thirty attacks. Freeze, re rolling, in freeze, rend one damage one. Then. If you're using the Knight of Shrouds on Steed, that's four attacks a model. Yeah. And the fact they can retreat and charge is just so powerful in this game. Yeah, it's
0: the type of thing that you uh, you read and you don't fully appreciate until you're on the table with them. That's
1: mega. And what I like about that is not, you don't have a model that gives you that, so it's not like something could be sniped out to stop you doing it. Um, yeah. Plus the models are cool. They're just so cool. Um, yeah, I really like this unit. So they're like the elite, one of the elite units in this book. Um, and we'll jump straight into the next one. Um, and that's the Morn Banshees. Now, this unit, the models are fantastic, aren't they? Yeah, I'm sure people have seen these. Oh, just so good. Um, so they've got this sold out. Uh, Games Workshop was saying they're sold out on the day one everywhere in Games Workshop. I think you've still got quite a lot left, though, haven't you? Yeah, we have. We, so, we stockpiled them high, so... <laughs> uh, get, get them from Element, just saying. Um, so we've got the Chill Dagger... Um, so they 1 wound, 4 up to save, movement 8 again. They've got um, 1 attack, 4s and 3s, ren 2, damage d3. So again, Knight of Shroud's extra attack on this unit, pretty good. Um, they've got the rule spelly is now this is what I like about them. So once in each enemy hero phase, this unit is within 18 of an enemy wizard that, that casts a spell, they can attempt to unbind the spell. If they do, add 1 to the unbinding role for every 4 models in the unit. In addition, if this unit unbinds an enemy spell, add one to the attack's characteristic of its chilled daggers until the next enemy hero phase. So if it's your go next, you unbind them. Um, you're getting, If you've got a unit of 12 of these guys, you're getting plus four to unbind, and then you're getting an extra attack until their next go. So if you all go next, you'll get plus, you've got two attacks a model. Knight of Shrouds, that's a, three attacks a model. Such a powerful... What a lovely tying together and combination of rules. <laughs> and then... The next bit, it says, once in your hero phase, if this unit's within six of an endless spell, this unit can attempt to dispel the spell in the same manner as a wizard. If the unit dispels an endless spell, it takes D3 mortal wounds, but you can add one to its attack characteristic until your next hero phase. Now, because it's in your hero phase, there's quite a lot of ways to heal. So you could take the damage and bind an endless spell and heal. Um... So I think it's really good. Um, I don't know if you can do this in addition to a wizard dispel because it's it says that they can do it once. I don't know if that's yeah. in addition. Um, Maybe need some clarifying. Which will probably be coming out in the FAQ. Off the top of my head, I don't know. Um, I'm not sure. It does count as your once because it's a different rule. So I think you can do two endless spell unbinds. I mean, obviously, the end of spell has to be within six of them. But there's a little combo that I'll talk about later on in this book, um, which you can you can do in your turn to power them up without the enemy ha- you having to unbind the enemy or an enemy end the spell, um, which is something I'm probably going to put in my list to try out, but I'll, we'll get on to that. And again, they're still getting the bonus to unbind, you see. So, um, I, I don't know. I think it's really good. Like, super solid unit. Um, I think, are they 80 points for four?
0: Min uh Myanmar banshees they are eighty points for four, maximum size is twelve and that's two hundred and ten
1: points with a whole discount. So it's not a big investment really for twelve of them. No, and you take them in twelves, you think? Um, I think so, because if you take I mean like that's that's quite a hefty discount, right? Yeah, it is. Um so you'll you'll get in how much are you saving? Thirty, 30 points? points? Yeah. You might take you might take eight. Um, yeah. to get you plus two to unbind is probably good enough. Um, yeah, there's but, potential to have a
0: massive amount of drops in this army, isn't there, looking at the amount yeah. of... <laughs> like, you could be running 20 drops.
1: Yeah, it's not necessarily a good thing, but having cheap units, if you wanted to really utilize the, um, the spirit host rules, like coming up for the Underworlds, there's plenty of units you could deploy that allows you to bring them on that you wouldn't yeah. care about. Um, but I, what I like about these guys is their attacks potential is really scary once they get up to like 3 attacks a model, you know 4s and 3s, Ren 2 damage D3 on every attack and getting re-rolls you can buff them with the the 2 heroes, so they'll be re-rolling 1s to hit and getting plus 1 to wound so they'll be 4s re-rolling 1s wounding on 2s so and if you're getting 12 of them and you've got 3 attacks a model, that's 36 attacks yeah definitely at D3 damage at Ren 2
0: not, it can be very irritating If your opponent Which is normally yeah. A sign of
1: something That's good And again They're summonable So again You can heal them um, So bigger units I think probably more Worthwhile than small units I found yeah, that It's not a massive amount of points Because once a unit's dead It's dead You can't bring it back in, in like legions Like you have to have Models left to heal It's a bit like the Flesh Eaters
0: I was just going to say If anyone's ever played With um, With uh, The big griblies From there Having units of six of your monstrous infantry Is quite a bit better than having three and even going up to nine sometimes is worth it just for that reason exactly
1: um next unit i'm not a fan of these uh, i don't like the models very much um and that's the dread scythe harridans um they got one wound movement eight four up save so these are they're like banshee looking skull things with uh, like tyrannid arms but it looks like so they've got scythed limbs uh, three attacks fours and threes ren one damage one so it's okay All right. Okay. Um, the slasher crone gets plus one attacks and they can fly they got ethereal obviously and they got the harrowing shriek subtract one from hit rolls for attacks made by enemy models within three of this unit unless they have a bravery characteristic of six or more so not really going to come into play very often because most people have a bravery of six or higher yeah
0: I mean it's not unmodified so you might be taking people down but even then
1: it's quite unlikely yeah, exactly. Um, then um, they've got Murderous Bloodlust. If the unmodified wound roll from attack with a side rate is 6, the attack is damage 2 instead of damage 1. So they're okay. Not enough
0: to really do it.
1: No. I don't like these. Um, I'd rather have Bladegeist Revenants. The models are better. I think the rules are better. And they're the same points, 90 points. Um, And the Massive Regiment is the same. So. Yeah. Um, then we're into the old favourite Spirit Hosts. I'm not going to talk about these. We all know what they do. Um, they're still good. They're still good. The change, <laughs> the subtle change here is, unmodified hit roll of a six does a mortal wound. So a nurgle That means I don't care that you make me minus two, three, four to hit. They're doing the job they were always meant to in the list to do. So who cares? It's with access to
0: reroll misses or additional attacks or anything like that, then they go and you can bring them back.
1: Pretty effectively with multiple things. 120 points, battle line, love them. Um, Hex race. Battle line if. Yeah, okay. In the Night Haunt, their battle line. Yeah. Hex race, again, battle line if, I think. Um, movement 12, yep. 2 wounds, 4 up save, bravery 10, Spectral Scythe, 2 attacks, 4s and 3s, 1 1 random damage 1. Um, now, these guys, they haven't really changed a lot, but they do have some cool stuff. So basically, you get plus 1 attack on the leader. Um, you get, uh, if you roll a unmodified six with a scythe, you do a mortal wound, which is, you mm-hmm. know, same as the spirit host. Yep. And then in your movement phase, immediately after this unit has moved, pick an enemy unit, there's any models that have moved across, roll a dice for each model in that unit that passed across, five up, take a mortal wound.
0: So if you pass over the corner <coughs> of a 40-man unit, does every single person take it, or is it each model that was passed over
1: takes no, you, it? No, you roll it for your models. So if you I've go got ten each... hex rays, so I roll ten dice. Sure. So but it's you know, it's a little bit wordy, but Yeah. Not too bad. Now what's the move again? Was it twelve? It's twelve, yeah. Yeah. It's not that's
0: pretty easy. You can you can run over something as well if that's what you need to do.
1: Um and hundred and sixty points, not too bad. Um yeah. I, I think they might it. might see him on the table just for the speed. Yeah. And their battle line. Yeah. Um then you've got the um probably the coolest thing in the book um the black coach this thing is awesome i played this it's bloody huge it is huge it's on a night base and it still overhangs the front of it (laughs) so when you go like i'll put it on a a big base because the old one used to hang off the chariot base they went i would design it to hang off the base as well it's a bit irritating but it's cool it's so cool it's gorgeous, isn't it? It's, it's clever as well, the way it looks and the way it... Yeah, mega. This is so good. I think you'll have this in every army. It is just... It's because it does something nothing else does. It's got 12 wounds for a start. It's the the highest wound model you can put in a nighthorn army um, of Puffman allies, obviously. It's got a 4-up save. It's bravery 10. It's move. is 14 inches when it's unhurt. It drops all the way down to 6, but... A 14-inch move. It's that's that's quick. That's a Byron level move. I would I'll, I'll allow that maybe. into one of my armies. Now you've got a choice of weapon. You can have a scythe or you can have a grasp. So The grasp is a shooting. The grasp I think, because it's a shooting attack. So it's a 10-inch range, one attack, freeze and freeze minus three rend damage, D3. Effective 24-inch range on that. And in combat, it's the same profile. Three-inch reach. Freeze and freeze, minus three rend, damage, D3. Yeah, uh, three-inch reach is really... It comes into things a lot more than you'd think as well. I love playing with anything that's got three-inch reach. And the scythe is free attacks, fours and freeze, rend, one, damage, two. And obviously that's got the same rules that if you roll a six to hit, um, mm-hmm. they take two mortal wounds and you can re-roll hit rolls if they've got five or more models. Which so reach is that one? Uh, just one. That's, mm, that is the difference. You've got the Relic Bearer's Spectral Claws, so they've got um, nine attacks, and it goes down as it takes damage. Fours and fours, minus one Ren, damage one. Every six is immortal, so not too bad. Then you've got the Nightmare's Hooves, eight attacks, fours and fours, no Ren, one damage. So what this is good for is it's got this um, Evocation of Death ability. Now, what you do is at the start of every battle round, roll 3 dice. On a 4+, plus, that coach gains a level of power. They're cumulative and last for the rest of the battle. So the first level is Nimbus of Power. In your hero phase, heal D3 wounds that have been allocated to this model. In addition, at the start of your hero phase, pick one friendly summonable Nighthaunt unit within 12, and return D3 models to the unit.
0: It's alright. Not wholly within either, so
1: useful. No, and the models have to be set up within 12 of the Black cage. but the, the fact you just get D3 models back in a unit is just crazy good. And you heal and it's the first level. Um, second level is reroll hit rolls of one for the model's melee weapons. In addition, the model can run and charge in the same turn. Yeah. Not bad, you know. Third level if it completes a charge, pick an enemy unit within one and roll a dice. On the two plus they take D3 mortal wounds. Impact hits. Yeah, so pretty good. Fourth level, the model can retreat and charge in the same turn. Mega. Like, that is just so good. The fact that you're able to retreat and charge just like and then when you charge you do your impact hits. Yep. Yeah, really, really good. Um. And then you've got um The fifth level is Witchfire. Um, Roll a dice for each enemy unit within three of this model. On a four plus, they take D3 mortal wounds. What, sorry? So in your hero phase, roll a dice for each enemy unit within three inches of this model. On a four plus, they take D3 mortal wounds. Great, it's a bloody big model. (laughs) Yeah, and the fact is it's quite survivable because it heals. It's got 12 wounds, it's got a four up save. Um, You've probably got it bubble wrapped in a unit that you're you're bringing models back into?
0: Yeah, that was going to be my my follow-up when we finished it, is like, how do you protect this thing? Because it's 208 points, 12 wounds, it does heal itself, but anything that heals itself, uh, a lorry or whatever, whatever your risk is of it dying in one turn. So,
1: uh, is it going around Spirit with a better <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> wrap it in Spirit Host, which you could bring D3 bases back a turn. Sweet, sounds good. That's how I'm going to protect mine. And then what I did when I played Andy is I then I I ran it out of combat um, and it can run and charge and it can retreat and charge. So I ran it 14 inches plus six, 20 inches, charged into his team's adjudicators and his wizard on his home objective. And then it was like, do my impact, do my combat, start of the turn, start of my next turn, four plus take e 3 mortals and just ground it all off. Yeah. And they have to shoot at it as well because they can shoot yeah. anything else.
0: The other the other way to protect this is just target saturation, and we've already mentioned it several times throughout the review of the book. Like you want to give people so many things they don't know where to shoot, and it makes it harder for them.
1: Yeah, and it's a night model, so you can put a setup underneath the ground. You can spectral summon it to your general. You know, you can heal it with a spirit of torment. Loads of stuff you can do with it. It's not a hero, um, and it's two hundred and eighty points. Yeah, but I I think solid. I really yep. like it. The model's awesome, and it just does something nothing else in the army does. So I, I just think it's going to be in there. Yep. Uh, into the end of spells. Uh, so we've got the yeah. Shyish Reaper. Um, so only Nagash and Nighthorn wizards can summon the Reaper on a seven. Set it up within six of the caster. It's predatory. Can move eight inches. When this model's set up, the player who's set up can immediately make a move. Before moving, pivot the model to the centre of the base so it points lengthways in the direction you want to move it. Then move in a straight line in that direction. The initial pivot is free, does not count towards the model's move. After the model has moved, roll a dice for each model it moved over, including models it moved over when pivoted. If the roll is equal to or greater than the model's save characteristic, they take a mortal wound. So if you've got a good armour save, you're more likely to get hurt by this.
0: Yeah,
1: it's not. Not too bad. If the battle's being fought in the realm of Shai'ish, the re- the Reaper can move 12 instead of 8. Yeah. Mm. So not bad. It's okay. <laughs> no ticket. It's anything crazy. 40 points? Yeah. I think I'd probably rather take the Pendulum.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, the Pendulum is cast on the same. Um, does D6 Mortal Wounds um, and is can't be like moved other than in the direction it's going. Um Obviously, for more movement as well, like touching more stuff. Right? Obviously, the Reaper could be really good if you've got like a unit, like a lot of models, sort of in in a um, in like a group fighting something, and you're able to save it through, like you know, like ten models with a four-up save. But I think it's so situational. I don't think it'll be happen very often.
0: No, because of when it happens in the turn sequence as well. You don't get to. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's as as good as you would think in your head, because things need to be lined up and perfect.
1: The model's really cool, but yeah, not my not my favourite. Um, the next one is the Vault of Souls. So again, it's Nagash or Nighthawk on a 6, set up wholly within 18 in the caster. It's predatory, can move 8. Has the ability Soul Siphon. When it's set up or moved, roll a dice for each model within 6. On a 6-up, the unit takes a mortal wound. So this is quite nice because you can set up near a big unit and just like roll a load of dice and hopefully chunk a load of men off. Mm-hmm. Um, keep track of the number of mortal wounds inflicted. If the total is twenty or more at the end of any phase, all units within six take D6 mortal wounds, and then the models dispelled. Oh, I think that's awesome. <laughs> so it's quite cool because like it's literally going to be tick, ticking tick, tick, up, tick. and if it's wandering around your backfield you're going to be going I don't really want that thing exploding um, it's all models when it explodes yeah yeah it's all models in both so it hurts both of you so yeah. um, pretty pretty cool mm-hmm. it could be quite good if you're playing Daughters of Cain and you just dropped it in amongst two hordes you know yeah. just so you're uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and just go like <laughs> well I've done a load of damage they move you run after them with the spell there's not an overload of damage and maybe blows up you need obviously to do get 20 wounds you probably would have had to have rolled well how many dice would that be 120 dice so i wouldn't imagine it being that likely it's going to blow up but yeah um there you go the next one and that's 40 points as well i think uh i think it might be 60 uh what the vault of souls Let me double check. pretty sure it's 40 40 yeah the next one is the Mortalis Terminexus. Now, this one I really like. This is the 60.1, isn't it? Yeah. So this is Nagash or Nighthorn. Cast on 6. Set up a holy an 18 of a caster. It's predatory. Can move 8. Yeah, decent. It's got the Keeper of Mortality. After this model is set up or has moved, the controlling player must decide hasten or reverse time. If you hasten time... Um, each unit within six inches takes D3 mortal wounds. If you reverse time, heal D3 mortal D3 wounds allocated to each unit within six of this model. So this is good because you can cast it, 26 in and do a load of damage, right? But obviously, if it's then there, go next. If they go, I get to. they get to move it next, then they can choose to heal. So actually, they could use the heal effect. But if you've got units that only have one wound, obviously you can't return slain models. Yeah. So quite good for that. Um, but what it's really good for is healing your stuff. Yeah. Now you might think, yeah, but they could do damage with it, right? But this is where the Myomorn Banshees come into play, right? So you drop your Terminexus in the middle of your army, you heal everything. Your Maia Morns unbind it, get buffed. Then they can they can run off and do loads of damage. So you can get to heal your models, but also dispel it. So yeah. you don't have any impact. So you can be used defensively or offensively or to buff one of your units. So I really like this spell. I think it's just got so many uses. A lot of
0: um, flexibility. Like it's only 60 points as well.
1: And I think it's great. I mean, you imagine like as a mortal wind bomb, you can't heal what's dead, right? So yeah. you drop it in their army and do D three mortal wounds to Vin six, you know that might kill a load of stuff that they can't bring back anyway. So you're not really bothered about them trying to heal. And if you get if they get the turn and they want to take it, you go I'll just do another D three mortal wounds to you then.
0: Yeah,
1: I mean like, and it can move. Um, you've got
0: mortis engine available as well and stuff like that. There's there's other ways for you to do that. Also, the the maximum range of it is twenty six, right? So you, this is first turn effective. Was it eighteen inches plus eight?
1: And you can't move it when you first cast it. So, you just cast it, drop it, does the damage. So, it's basically um, 24. Uh, Plus, you can't take a Mortis Engine as an ally in a Nighthorn army.
0: Uh, Okay, then.
1: So, it's only um, Soul Blight or Death 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 Lords. Lords. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah. So, that's all the scrolls. Megan? So, I think what we'll do is uh, take a break, come back. Talk about the battalions and just talk yeah. about a little bit about the combos.
0: Yeah, definitely. We'll probably, I guess, highlight the battalions we think are the most exciting.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All right, we're we'll back in a sec. Sweet. And we're back from the break. So let's talk about the War Scroll battalions. So um, these are kind of like the the last bit to talk about before we sort of wrap up. So. We've got the Night Nighthaunt Procession, which is a very, very big um, battalion, which is one of those big like, army narrative type ones, so I'm not going to talk about it really. Um, the next one is the Shroud Guard. So, this has a Knight of Shrouds or Reckon or the Grim Halo in it, and two units of Blade Geist Revenant. So, the guys with the swords that I really like. So, you have the ability Frenzied Fervor, Roll a dice each time you allocate a wound or mortal wound to a Ghast Revenant model from this battalion, which is fully within 12 of the Knight of Shrouds or Rikon of the Grimhaler. On a 5-up, the wound is negated. If you use this ability, you cannot also use the Deathless Spirit's battle trait to try and negate the same wound. So basically, it's plus it's a death save of a 5-up rather than a 6-up. Which is pretty decent. Um, I think the battalion is only 120 points. What's it called? Um it is called the Shroud Guard. The Shroud Guard is Hundred and Ten. Hundred and ten. Wow. Nice and cheap. So quite like that one. Um obviously I like those models, so they're decent to have two units and I like where I can also being able to set up all of those um you know, as one drop, get an extra artifact, get a command point, super good. Yeah.
0: It's not a massive points investment all told, which is great.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, next battalion is the Death Riders, and this is one to two Dreadblade harrows, which is the hundred point teleport hero. Um, two units of hex race and a black coach.
0: Now, these interesting are the, combination.
1: It's all, yeah. It's all the mounted guys really. So it's yeah. quite a cool. A lot of these formations are very feamy. We're mm-hmm. starting to see this with the Stormcast book that there are a lot less units in them, and a lot more kind of like if you take like targeted
0: of one type.
1: They're not the, the total points of the battalions so are like a lot cheaper, which yeah. will allow you to put them in with other things rather than oh if I take this battalion it's basically my whole army. Yes. Yeah. Um, so you've got the um, spectral spearhead ability. Add one to charge rolls from units in this battalion. In addition, if you make an unmodified charge of nine, then you can um, do your auto attack wave of terror ability thing, but it replaces the um, wave of terror ability so basically it's it's happening on an unmodified 9 rather than a modified 10 and you get plus 1 to charge Okay. so again it's not not brilliant because the units you think probably don't want hex wraiths but it's still good I mean your chance chance from 8 is really quite good I mean we spoke about how good that hero was being able to pop up um, within 9 of the enemy then you could recall one of the other units to him, charge on, a, on you know, nine away, eight to charge, nine you get to attack straight away. So yeah. actually quite nice as a little mobile unit that you could do quite a lot of damage with that. Yeah, one in three chances, isn't it, the nine, I think. And if you've got multiple command points, you could even recall multiple units at the same time.
0: Yeah, so or, if, um, or use one of them to roll the charge.
1: Yeah, true. We'll do that as well. Uh, and it's quite. Um, it's not really that expensive. One thirty. Um, so, pretty good. Um, then we've got the condemned. So it's one spirit of torment, one unit of chain gas, and two chain Rass hordes.
0: Okay, and the so, chain
1: Rass hordes has to be twenty.
0: So it's kind of a, an almost an army that that's a pretty decent proportion of what you're going to be taking, isn't it? There.
1: Well, you're going to take probably all those models anyway, right?
0: Yeah, and you that's, are.
1: That's your two battle line, that's a hero you're gonna take, and that's the the chain unit that buffs you know, that, that links the chain. Now, okay, the, he's a bubble. the ability here is really good. So you can re roll hit rolls for chain rasp hordes if they're wholly within fifteen of the spirit of torment or chain gas so it increases the range of the ability and you just re roll hits rather than ones. Yeah. So we always spoke about that horde being really scary. You mm-hmm. know, if you've got your Guardian of Souls, you'll be wounding on a three, hitting on a four, re-rolling, freeze to wound with a re-roll of ones. That's just super good, and it's 120 points. I can definitely take that formation. I could definitely see that as a formation in yeah. my army. Um, Next one is the Chain Guard, um, which is a Guardian of Soul and two Chain Rasp Hordes, and each Chain Rasp Hord must be 20 models.
0: What was the last one called, sorry? Was it the Condemn? <laughs> yeah that's
1: 150 oh sorry i got the point okay so the chain guard um so they've got the heart of the horde each time the rasp horde from this battalion is affected by the chain uh, the spectral law um cast by the guardian of souls you can return d6 slay models to the unit in addition to any from the law spell so if you take the artifact as well you're getting um d6 back Plus D six plus three, so two D six plus three back. God, pretty good, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But what's quite good about this? Again, it's it's two units. You probably it's all it's units you're going to take. take so yeah. if you took both of the battalions and you took like four units of twenty chain rasps, those two heroes and the the other the other guys and the both formations? You're probably spending about twelve hundred points. Yeah. Um, and and that's like a solid battle line of 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 eighty chain rests split into four units of twenty. A lot of um, command points. Three command even. points and free artifacts. It's a lot of playing around there. I think that's pretty good. Um, I definitely think you could do an army around it. It's a solid beam as well, isn't yeah. it? Um, then you've got the Execution Horde, which is a Lord Executioner and three units of Spirit Hosts. So again, if you're taking lots of Spirit Hosts, you'd probably take this anyway. The headman's masses. So, track one from hit rolls for attacks that target the battalion's Lord Executioner while a spirit host is within six of the attacking unit. In addition, add one to hit rolls for attacks made by this battalion's Lord Executioner while spirit host units from this battalion are within six of the target unit. So, all the buffs are on the Executioner, but obviously it makes him harder to hit, and we already spoke about him being quite tanky and yeah, annoying. Really. Um, so, not too bad, and obviously you it's a cheap battalion, and you're getting yeah. your command point, your deployment, and, you know, your um, your extra artifact. So pretty cool. I do
0: think because of the ability for popping up within Nighthorn, getting chances at reroll charges probably... You're going to benefit from that more immediately, perhaps, than a lot of other armies would.
1: Yeah. So I think getting battalions in, and we always spoke about how good the artifacts were. Yeah. Um, so... Then you've got the Death Stalkers, um, really like this one. So Karen Wraith, two units of Grimgast Reapers, and two units of Grave Wraith Stalkers. Um, and you get the soul marked prey. After setup is complete but before the battle begins, pick one enemy unit to be Soul Marked. add one to hit and to and wound rolls for attacks made by units that target that unit. So all the units in that battalion, if they've got like a big Death Starry type unit. You get plus one to hit and plus one to wound. That's that's pretty good, especially when the you know the are like fours and threes with rend. Yeah, that's. I um, mean, like it's threes and twos with rend. It's
0: very okay. reliable. You don't need balls on something that good.
1: <laughs> no, and and it's quite good if they've got like a, a unit you really want to kill. Um, it's you just you could just target that one straight off. I mean, it's quite a lot of units to buy, mm-hmm. um, but. It's 120 points, so... Yeah. Um, and obviously, because the Stalkers can be brought in fours, they're fairly it's a fairly cheap, so you don't have to spend that much. So it's probably like 120 uh, plus 140, 140 and 60, plus the 120 for the Battalion, so it's not too 600-ish. bad. yeah. Yeah. Um, and obviously, the... Um, Grimgast, Reapers are battle line as well in the Nighthorn army. So not too bad. Then we've got the Shrieker Host, one Banshee, two units of Haradins, and two units of Maimorns. Um And this has got the Mournful Wailing ability. Reroll Battleshock, rolls of one for enemy units within six of any units of this battalion at the start of the Battleshock phase. In addition, the Inspiring Presence Command ability cannot be used on enemy units within six of any units on this battalion. Hmm. so if you've got someone who's got lots of hordes that you know they want to use their command points on to make them stop running away they can't and those harridans are really good at shredding hordes so the fact that you can go in and just do a load of damage and they can't make them immune and they've got to reroll ones on their sh- the test means that actually it could be quite a useful Hello, for that one well, which elves because of witch brew probably immune anyway. But... uh it's different.
0: It's a different type of immune. Isn't yeah, it? I wish. Yeah, I wish it's... it was
1: like couldn't can't be immune to battle because that'd just be immense.
0: Yeah, it's one hundred and forty points. It's not not cheap that one. And it's 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 whether you think it's. I mean, that is in the right matchup. That's perfect. It's how much you think it's worth having something that perhaps uh, won't come into play against an army it's like against my army. You you'd have wasted your points there. Obviously, you get your your other bonuses for it, but...
1: Yeah, I think it's one of those things that it's a bit situational. So I don't think you'll see it very often, but... No. You never know. It It it, could
0: really screw you up, though, if you're playing that type of army. You'd see it and be like, oh, my God, that's overpowered."
1: It'd be like it's a complete (laughs) renegade choice that you're, like, with your your bone splitters or something, going, oh, my God, they're all going to run away. (laughs) Um, You know, uh, it's quite interesting, I think. So... That's the Nighthorn Battle Tome, so mm-hmm. pretty cool. I'm really excited about it. I think it's really I love really how good.
0: All feels it all feels like synergy based. I like the fact that nothing's hugely expensive. Seems like an odd thing to pick up on, but you look at the points running down the list, and there's barely anything above three. Like three twenty points appears a couple of times, and then the the Reapers are three sixty. Um, yeah, but that's for a big just,
1: unit. That's not yeah. It's not exactly. even like like if you look at actually the base cost, the, the most expensive oh, things, I mean, the coach at 280. Yeah. And then there's yeah, then there's a
0: big jump after you've taken off the top three characters and the coach. Um there's a lot of stuff in there. And I do like I said, I think the the items, a lot of them could actually really define and add to your army and make it play in a slightly different way, or you can pick one theme and go really solidly down it. Um Yeah, it seems amazing. Are there any particular like the allies are Death Lords and Soul Blight, as for anything you look at that and you think like, yeah, that definitely makes sense or
1: Oh you mean it's in the Allied pool? Yeah. Yeah, I think it makes sense from the background because um I know that when when we first the night first come out and we were looking at doing like mortise engines to slot in, but actually mm. like the mortise engine is like the spirits being like twisted by a wizard to do their bidding. So mm. they, they don't really like that. Um but I think it makes sense because Death Lords, you know, that allows you to put all the more tarks in um and also more ghasts if you want. Yeah. Um and then the the Soul Blight allows you to put in vampires. Um so there are some quite good units to pick from there. Um even just taking vampire hero would be pretty decent. Um unfortunately the vampire lord and zombie dragons are just a bit too expensive to slot in. If he was four hundred points he'd be going straight in, I think. Yeah. because um, just amazing. Then given the ethereal amulet and then you, he fits the theme and uh yeah, just be awesome. But I think um Arkhan the Black's a really good ally. Yeah. Um just there's, there's definitely
0: a you've already picked up on some pretty clever combos with the endless spells. There's definitely some scope there for running a magic version of this list, isn't there?
1: Yeah, I think so. And um I really like the different elements like some of the command abilities are good um so you but you like you say command points you want to be using on your on your charges um i think the the mortax the alunda is is just super good like really stands out um but she's a bit all all or nothing so she's gonna be like priority number one for your opponent obviously she will get a lookout sir because she's not a monster so um i think uh you're pretty, pretty reliable at keeping her alive. Um, but And she obviously got quite a lot of healing, but I think the double turn will hurt you with her because doing seven yeah. wounds isn't particularly that difficult if you concentrate sure. on her. I think um, there's
0: definitely seven protection items. I already picked up on the, um, the D3 wound
1: reduction yeah, one. I think that would be really good in this army, particularly sure. if you're using the... Um, the Terminexus, because um, you can put it in amongst your army to heal and if your opponent tries to hurt you just so, yeah, but I'm minus D3 so it doesn't really do anything to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then if they're in amongst fighting you, you can just have it floating around your army and going well, I'll do D3 this time because I'm all healed up, or I need to heal now, I'll do D3 heals. Yeah, there's some, some um, kind of
0: interesting immunity to spells options as well. It feels like there's a few things where they just work differently enough from the normal, but it makes it really... Interesting, like I'm gonna debuff you and I'm gonna debuff
1: myself, but I don't care because I just care about sixes. Yeah, um, that's why I like the Geminids are really good. Um, yeah. I really like the Geminids, it's one of my favourite endless spells. Um even like the you, you know, just even like using stuff like the the walls, because you fly, you can move over the top of them, but your opponent yeah. can't. Yeah. So even like they're using like Prismatic Palisade to keep Alinda safe from shooting. I'll just put a pat I don't care that she's minus one a hit because none of her abilities hit. Yeah. I don't care that the spirit host are minus one to hit because sixes. Yeah. So you can literally just palisade up Alinda uh, uh, on the you know and just say well you can't shoot her, um, you know uh, you know and just use the walls like a like a mobile well, obviously that's what it is a mobile barricade but yeah. you know and then the thing is that uh, the enemy can't move over it so if they want to charge her, they have got to go round and they can't um, they won't be get many models into her. So I think the Palisades a really good choice. Like Yeah. It's
0: not too expensive either, is it?
1: No, it's thirty points is a bargain. Yeah. Um so I think I think that as so a shackles as well will be a nightmare for your opponent, I think. So um, you know, just like slow them down. Um again, and then you can use your redeployment in your movement to try to like pick pick units off on the fringes. Yeah. Um I really like that dreadbait harrow combo. I think that's really cool. Um so I I don't know, like it, it's like Nothing's like amazing. Like you don't read the book and go, That's amazing. But yeah. you read it all and you go, They're really good at support. They're quite good in combat. They're quite all round. With the support of the heroes, they get better. Um, mm. this character's good at shutting down your opponent's command abilities. This one's really good at doing damage and healing. And yeah. this one's really good at being mobile and being a wizard and just being awesome uh, and unbinding. Yeah. And you just think, well, actually, they've all got their uses. Like I quite like if you're using like Reckon or the Grim Grimhaler, because he's fast and because he's got the um, plus free to cast, you could you could use him to almost like run up with like a Shield of Hex Race or something, and then just drop the Purple Sun in their army and then just run away because <laughs> he's that quick. You could just go right here's a Purple Sun deal, and because he's plus free to cast, it's like actually it's not too, it's only on a five, yeah, uh, and actually it's quite hard to unbind him. Yeah,
0: definitely. I so, think the only, um, as a cohesion list, isn't it? In, well, it's a cohesion book. The only thing it's missing is perhaps damage at range. I think it does pretty much pin up.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's got a few options. You've got the screams, you've got the chain uh, gas, which you've got a shooting attack at 15 inches. Um, yeah, you've got the um, shoot and attack from Lady Linda, um, which is another banshee whale. But so you've got some shooting it's not amazing but you do have some you've got the 10 inch uh, shooting attack on the black coach Um, so yeah you've got a little bit but I don't think you need it honestly
0: you're popping up you're popping up close to people you've got flexible deployment Um, you're gonna grind really
1: well like really really well so and you've got some stuff that can retreat and charge so traditionally where you would charge something and have to kill it to get through it to get to the thing behind it. You could literally yeah. and you fly. So you just go right I'm gonna retreat over here, charge this wizard, dead. Yeah. So you can actually get into their back lines. So Units you know, like the um the stalkers and the revenants are going to be really good for that. Um, that's why I quite like the revenants, because it gives you the option to go, right, well, do you know what I need to do here? I need to kill that thing, but I'm in combat. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna run out, I'm gonna go over here and kill. Same with the black coach. The Black coach, I'm in combat, but I'm powered up now. I can retreat and charge. What I'm gonna, I'm gonna run out of combat over here 20 inches and charge this character, you know. And that's enough attacks on that coach doing D3 mortal wins on the charge. You know, the attacks of the guy at the back, you know, freeze and freeze, um, minus three rend damage D3, and the nine attacks doing mortals on sixes. You'll probably yeah. kill a hero quite reliably, yeah. Good, um, definitely. And then if it goes into your turn, if you double turn and on a four, plus they take D3 mortals, um pretty solid I, I think the black coach is just like it's so useful I think it's expensive for for the utility but I think it's it's worth the points yeah you know I
0: just it's also it's gonna get like it's if you're blocking up things that don't have particularly high quality attacks you can really get in people's way and irritate them with that it's massive
1: <laughs> yeah and I think um, it's such a big base as well that you can tag multiple units so i used it to tag like two judicate units which were quite far away from each other but i yep. uh, but the thing is your attacks aren't limited but then they have to shoot you or retreat and they can't shoot yeah and it's just it's so useful um but yeah i think i think there's some really cool combos in the book um there's no war scroll in there that i think oh, i would never take that no like the haridans maybe but they're still really good against hordes so you might take them yep so yeah I mean, the only reason I'm not enamoured with them is don't like the models. Yeah. <coughs> so, we should talk about Legions and Nagash. So, yeah. um... The following units can be taken in Legions and Nagash. So, Chainrass Pord, Glaive Reef, Stalkers, Grimgast, Reapers, Guardian of Souls, Knight of Shrouds, Knight of Shrouds on Ethereal Steed, Lord Executioner, and the Spirit of Torment. So, basically, if it's in the starter set, you're good. Um... <laughs> I think it's quite nice that some units are unique to Nighthaunt. Yes. So you're not going to be able to take a Legion army and put like Revenants in or, you know, the Lady of Linda and things like that. They're, they are Nighthaunt only. Um, we obviously allies, but I think it's quite nice that you you kind of don't, you kind of have to make that decision. Yes. Um, but I think in terms of Legions, Chain Rasp become probably your your battle line unit of choice. Or, oh, yeah, at least your horde unit of choice. Um, because, obviously, the same points as 40 skeletons, and I think 40 chain rasps are just better. Um, obviously, I may
0: get one of each, depending on...
1: Yeah, I mean, on, obviously, skeletons get better just by being skeletons, right? Um, they got bigger reach as well, haven't they? Yeah, they do more damage, I think, but the, the chain rasps have got that five up all the time, which... Yeah you know, like really good. And then if you've got the Knight of Shrouds um sorry not Knight of Shrouds, the Spirit of Torment or the Um Guardian of Souls, then you're getting the combo buff mm-hmm. off the two. So I think they make a nice replacement for that in the Nagash army. Um obviously the Nexus is quite a nice spell for Nagash as so he can start healing himself. Yeah. Um and again, even like the re the, the 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 actual scythe would be quite nice on him because it's um, quite a short range. But if you get anyone who wants to surround the gas, you could almost like scythe around himself and kill a load of guys. Yeah. Um, and he's not bothered about being hit by it because you only roll one dice, so he'll take a wound. Whereas the enemy unit, if there's twenty of them, will take lots of damage. Yeah. So I think it's pretty good. Um, Definitely so that's it I think we've we've pretty much covered everything Um, hopefully we'll see some Nighthaunt armies, I'm sure they'll be very popular because they're easy to paint Yes. Um, and I think they'll be a lot of fun to play with so nice and quick and uh, impactful and nice models Um, hopefully we'll see a lot of Nighthaunt on the table, I'm certainly going to be playing with mine Um, I'm really excited to get my hands on the models started building my starter set. Uh, I've got some paint on them but I've had to move away again and do some other stuff for the six nations so uh we'll get from there but yeah, well, good times. I'm really looking forward to um to Blackout because I want to take my Night Haunt to Blackout so um there'll be enough out by then for me to write a a cool list anyway, so excited.
0: Yeah, I think it's um I think that looks like a look if this is a sign of what what the book's going to be to come in
1: AOS 2. I'm pretty excited. Yeah, I think the Stormcast Nighthorn battle Tomes are just great. Um, we've done a show on the Stormcast battle Tomes, so check that out if you want to know all about that. That's a mammoth show about three and a half hours um, because there's so much to talk about in that book. But yeah, I love I love the Nighthorn battle theme. It's when I saw the playtest copy of that, I got really excited, and that's why I did my Nighthorn army um, back in. Well, actually, I didn't see it then. I saw it later in the year, but I kind of had an inkling that something was coming, and um, decided that. With the General's Handbook 17 and the Allegiance Abilities, I'd do a Nighthawn Army for fun. Um, I enjoyed playing with it, even with a limited selection. And then seeing all this, I was just so excited. So I've been waiting for this for a while.
0: Anyone who's already done the Army is laughing because they've got the boring bits done now. They just add more interest and more variety.
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I've got a lot to paint. I've still got Hex Wraiths and a Night Shroud half-painted and you know, I've got a lot that I want to do for it. But I actually quite enjoy painting the models. Yeah. Um, I find the process of doing the like the spirit glow and the basin really therapeutic. And then I'm going to go over them and then do some details like the weapons and the cloth and blending and stuff and do some object source lighting. So quite excited. Yeah, looking forward to seeing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hopefully I can get it on the table and uh, pick up some uh, some gaming or, or painting trophies with it. We'll see, but. Um, I'm not going to go, it's going to be a while before it's going to be up to high level standard. It's just going to be done to gaming standard and I'll start doing more work to it. So um, hopefully it doesn't get lost in the mire of everyone's sort of like spray canned and dipped Nighthaunt (laughs) armies we're probably going to see. Oh, they're going to be prevalent, aren't they?
0: Although given the quality of the new models, I sat down and dry brushed one recently. It was just like, oh my God, I like to do they help that much anyone who's just doing simple stuff and taking a bit of time is going to come up with a gorgeous army
1: yeah exactly so um yeah i think that's it for the night haunt review so thanks for listening and we'll be back soon To make sure you don't miss out on any more hammer to your face subscribe to us on itunes add our rss feed to your reader and follow us on twitter at facehammer underscore hope you enjoyed the show if you'd like to give us some feedback we'd love to hear from you thanks for listening
0: Just let me have one more big scoop. Mm. Watermelon.
1: (laughs) Watermelon!